Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Roll podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked, and we have Jamie the Great with me. Yeah. I never thought we'd be recording an episode like this. Recently, this month, our co-host DJ Neva passed away on Sunday, November 5th at Spring Valley uh, Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, we recently had his funeral last week on Monday in New York, in Harlem. And that was November 20th. And he was buried next to his mother, Juanita, in the Bronx at uh, Woodlawn Cemetery. I'm here with Neva's close friends, his brothers, and with his close family. Here we have his older sister, Marion. We have his other sister, Scene. And we have his niece, Nicole, Scene's daughter. We, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And next to me, we have one of Neva's closest friends. He's known him for over two decades. More than that, if anything, he's been a constant uh, co-host and guest here on the Road Podcast, uh, Eddie McDonald from Mac Agency, hey. and one of my my close friends and best friends from New York, and was very tight with Neva, and uh, straight from New York, we have DJ Sean Perry here. So we're gathered here to you know celebrate the life and career of our friend, brother, uncle, you know, loved one. DJ Neva, Evan Boyd. So I want to actually talk to y'all because, we, you know, we've been gone for a couple weeks. There's been announcements on all the social medias, uh, you know, that Neva has passed away. Mm-hmm. There's been, you know, po- uh, Instagram posts about his funeral arrangements and a Las Vegas memorial that's coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to talk about what, what kind of happened. We want to update y'all on what happened and in the past, I don't know, probably month and a half, two months that's been going on. This has been going on since October, if anything. And and the reason why it seems sudden is that, you know, back in October, you know, there, there was a week that we were headed to L.A. Yes. Uh, and I believe it was it was mid-October. It was like the week of October 15th to like the 19th we were going to be in L.A. It was like a Monday to a Thursday. Thursday. The week before that, somehow, you know... <laughs> I don't know what was going on in Vegas that week. Brian Michael Cox was in town. Yeah. Skills uh, from Virginia was in town. Um, DJ Mars, Usher's DJ. Yes. uh, Was in town. So all of a sudden, we got these last minute bookings to to have these guests on. Yeah. And and this is like prior to us going to LA where we had like maybe eight interviews. Lined up. And we jam-packed eight interviews into like three to four days. Mm -hmm. So that's intense for us. It's a lot of research. And and never was the research guy. Yep. So you know that whenever we have a guest on, I always depend on never to do the research. Yeah. So this so this week that we had coming up with these three guests, they're like, "Hey, we're in town. They want to come on a podcast." Yeah. We can't say no to DJ Mars. We can't say no to Skills. Yeah, that's not. We can't say no to Brian Michael Cox. Yeah. So you know we're gonna try to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. So it was around this week that never wasn't feeling. Right. He yeah. was a little out of out of the weather. Mm-hmm. And for, from what he thought it was the flu, I thought it was COVID. I think everything's COVID. But, you know, <laughs> that's just me. You know what I'm saying? But so he made it to the one in, interview, yeah. which was Mars, which was on a Wednesday. October 11th. And that episode aired, that's which is our last episode that, that, that we uploaded and posted. Mm-hmm. And that's the last episode that never recorded. Yeah. And then... He's never done this in, in my life that I've known him. He called us and he said, I can't make it to the I can't make it to the next interview. Which is October twelfth. Which is October twelfth, and that Thursday. was with Skills. 
Yes. And I'm in, you know, you know me, right? Yeah. I'm in work mode. When I'm in work mode, I'm in survival mode. I'm trying to, I'm like, the show got to go on. So, you know, I'm trying to keep things running. So I'm like, never, you, you know, you're never sick. So I believe you're fucking sick, right? Yeah. So get some rest and me and Jamie are going to hold it down. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I pull Jamie aside. I'm telling him like, yo, we got we to gotta make this happen. We got skills. We got Brian Michael Cox. We can't fuck this up. So we had October 11th, we had March, October 12th, we had uh, skills, and then October 13th, we had Brian Michael Cox. Right. And then October 15th, we were all leaving to L.A. Yeah, but during that time when we were recording that, Nev had flu symptoms, right? Yes. Um, But he was still sending us notes and research. He was still talking to us, too. And we were were still talking with him, but we were so crazy because me me and Jamie are DJing, and we're doing interviews at the same time, and we're trying to keep... This, this ship going yeah. while Neva's sick. Mm-hmm. As the weekend progresses, he gets worse, goes to the hospital. We're not sure what's going on. No. By that time, I tell him, you're not going to L.A. Stay here. There's no way you're going to L.A. And, you know, I'm still stuck in work mode. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing with Neva is that he's just never sick. He's just, no. to me, he's like invincible. Like, I've never had him call out or like you know eddie i don't know you've known him for a long time he's never called out sick yeah very rare if at all i I can't even i can't even remember and and you know like for the life of me i'm gonna think about this for the rest of my life i should have stopped and dropped everything and just checked on him for one second yeah but i was just because i did tell you i did tell you should we push this this trip back and we should just wait till he gets better and let's stay put. And you were like, no, let's just try to make it happen. He- let's just try to make it happen. Everything's in the works. Let's just go. So, you know, we're, and meanwhile, we're still talking to Neva. And, you know. He's still texting us notes and stuff like that. And yes. we're just still texting us notes. But he's gradually getting worse and worse. And by the time we're in, in L.A. on Monday, we, we finish our recordings in L.A. on Monday, which is like October 16th. And then. Yes. And then Tuesday, we get through the day of Tuesday. Yes. And then we have a big interview with this one OG. Yeah. Who I'm going to keep nameless. Um, and, you know, I was dependent on Neva to get me these notes. Yes. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And by the morning, I don't have the notes. And I, I called Neva Tuesday night, I think we called him. We did him. call him on the way home. And he didn't sound great. But he also said he just woke up. He said we woke him up, but he sounded a little groggy, but... He said, you guys woke me up. I'll have, the, I'll have the notes by the morning for you guys. And then Wednesday morning, he didn't send the notes. And my instant reaction was like, oh, man, never let us down. Yes. He didn't get the notes done. Mm-hmm. And I was about to call him. And I was stressing out. We had these two big interviews coming up. And that's when Marion, his oldest sister, called me. And she was frantic. She called uh, an ambulance. And he was headed to the hospital in Las Vegas. We were in LA. Yeah. And at the, you know, she she did everything right at that moment. She called the ambulance and looked like he had a stroke, right, Marion? Yeah, um <clears throat> a few days before he um leading up to all of that, he had pains. He said he had pains in his back and he couldn't walk. Right. Mm-hmm. And we had gone to um, Spring Valley Hospital, I believe it was a Sunday, and 
everyone thought it was sciatica, mm-hmm. and he was um, given um, painkillers, but um, he wasn't getting any better. And I kept saying, we're going to go again, we're going to go again. And he was like, no, let's give the medicine some time to work. Right. And then I was working from home because I didn't want to leave him alone in the house. Mm-hmm. And this was Wednesday morning, about 6 o'clock, I had gotten up and gone to see him in the room. And he um, was talking, we were talking, and then he said something that just didn't make any sense. And then I said, what? And he said it again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Right. So I said, I'm going to call 911. He was like, no, don't, don't. I'm okay. I'm okay. But he just really wasn't. And I called, you know, 911 and f- to come and get him because I felt at that time that it was a stroke. Right. Um, I was on the phone with the... Um, 911 operator and there were certain things they asked me to do with him have him smile can he raise his arms you know and say things and we did all of that and meanwhile you know um the EMTs and the fire department came and took him to the hospital as I and so I'm following them in the car and I called scene I called you and I told you you know I don't know what's wrong but he we're on the way to the hospital right get to the hospital and then I was really frantic because he was okay he was up he just wouldn't wake up and that's what frightened me he would get up and then he was like I'm sleepy I want to go back to sleep and I wouldn't let him sleep but by the time I got to the emergency room there were maybe so many there were 10 people in the room you know trying to put the tubes in him and everything else and I'm like how did we get to this point, right. you know, so then I was really upset. And that's when I think I had called you because he did give me your number and Eddie's number mm-hmm. um, to call, you know, if anything was wrong. And I knew I was there alone and right. I was, you know, Rich, Rich, you saw me when you got there, you right. know. So, um, so that was pretty much it. I just had to sit there. I sat there right. all morning, you know, in the afternoon and then you came yeah. and then seen um, you were making your arrangements to get to Vegas, you know, as quickly as possible. And and so when you called me, it was like I came to a shock because when you called me, I thought I got scared for a second because mm-hmm. I've, you know, yeah, I just thought something. I thought he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. And and then I started freaking out. Yeah. And then you said, well, no, he's in, in the hospital. So I yeah. said, OK, so he's he's stable right now. So Jamie and I spoke. We still had like equipment set up in yeah. LA at like the DJ City offices where we're conducting interviews. I said I was gonna fly back. He had to drive back and bring the equipment. So I flew back immediately and I think I saw you that afternoon. Yeah. And Yeah, I got you on a plane like in the next hour after finding out you got on a plane like one o'clock. We found out like eleven thirty. Yeah. And you were back by two o'clock. Was, yeah, I was yeah. By, back by two. By that time he was intubated, he was sedated. Um and basically technically on life support because they were like keeping it was like well it was a medically induced coma because they didn't want um they didn't know what was wrong they Mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on and they didn't want you know anything else to happen right so that's why they um put him to sleep yeah and then so you know throughout the next two to three weeks he was basically you know we me jamie eddie marion nicole Seen you guys there that night. Yes. And um, you got in and 
I mean, throughout the next, you know, three weeks, mm -hmm. he was in the hospital. And we were there every day. Every day, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think that's the thing that people don't understand. And that, I think that was the hardest thing is that we kept episodes going. Yeah, for three weeks. We didn't know. And I think that was the hardest thing about being in the hospital every day. Um, and just hearing news of hope and then hearing news that just made us feel defeated. It was just every hour, every two, three hours, every day. Yeah, one day the neurologist is saying, you know, mm -hmm. he's going to be brain dead. And then all of a sudden the, the main doctor saying, no, there's hope. It's, he's fine. His kidneys are doing better. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things. There's all these different the infection doctor coming in saying this is, you know, this is not looking good. And then want another doctor coming in. So it was this big roller coaster of emotions. And it was maybe one of the most draining things I've ever been through in my life to mm -hmm. see my best friend uh, in this state in this state and being completely helpless. Yes. And I mean, yeah. we're just there and with all this. And yeah. And you know, seeing Ooh. Nicole, you guys are speaking to him playing gospel, his favorite gospel <laughs> songs. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Even I, God yeah. for a miracle. Yeah. Anyhow. And you know, I, and the thing is, we couldn't tell anybody. We no. couldn't announce anything because we didn't know what was going on. We kept episodes going. And through all this, man, you kept working. Like we kept DJing. working. We were DJing. So, like, we, you know, I'm going out every weekend. I'm DJing and I'm trying to do my job. And everyone's asking and they're talking, you know, how's never everything? I'm like, yo, he's cool. He's cool. We're just trying to keep things, you know, um, I don't know, just private. Yeah, because we private. don't know what's what's going on. And we had hope. We thought yeah. things was going to turn yeah. around. Thought he was coming home. Yeah. It's also also the thing is it's, it's so chaotic for us to say that he's in the hospital. Yeah. Because yeah. then everyone just contacts us all at once, mm -hmm. and now the focus becomes on us, literally becoming like re reporters to everybody and updating everybody on what's going on, well, how he is because. You know, we had to tell close friends. You guys had to tell the extended family what was going on, mm -hmm. and that was that was maybe even maybe the more, more draining, draining thing. Very draining. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Was that everyone's like, "What's going on?" Mm -hmm. What's every and, day? Yeah. And then every literally every two three hours, we're reporting. Uh, so this is going on, and then it changes in four hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, no. Now it's a little better. Yeah. yeah. Marion will be sending us right. text messages, yeah. updates, and everything. And but during this time, I mean, this was an awful time, you know what I mean? But I really got to know Scene and Marion and Nicole. I've, I've known you, you know, I've, you've come to Vegas often. I've seen you in New York. You know, you always been hanging out with Neva at his gigs and, 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 and everything. But I really got to get to know his two sisters. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was just a beautiful thing, too, because as I got to know both of you more. I saw, you know, never in each of you because there are all these characteristics. Mm -hmm. There's these similar interests mm -hmm. that both of you guys had that he that he 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 um you know adopted from you guys and just being around you and and I thought some of the most beautiful things and I I was in the room with Marion one one day. I think it was maybe the the first or second day, you know, and she told me like he's the baby. And I said, "Wow, like I've never seen <laughs> never as the baby, I have. I but you know, like every, you know, everyone's a baby to somebody, that's yeah. right? Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, 
you know, the pain that I was having was nowhere near compared. I don't, you know, I, I don't know how, if we can co compare pain or loss, but you know, I, when you guys said that to me, I, it really, it really, um, it really actually empowered me to stay stronger. So I had to keep, I had to hold it down for, for never. And his sisters are here. So I had to look after, I felt like I had to look out for y'all at mm -hmm, the same time. Mm -hmm. And you know, honestly, through this whole thing, I feel like y'all are my sisters. Like I feel completely close to you. I'm at service mm -hmm. to y'all. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I'm just letting y'all know, like this was an awful thing. This was a, a, a tragic loss for all of us. Yeah. But in, in all of this, I think one of the most beautiful things is I got to know his family more. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. feel connected to y'all more than ever. You know, I, I think I speak for all of us, right, Eddie and, yep. and Jamie. Absolutely. But I, you know, w when I was with y'all, you know, Mary and I, I think there was a, we were talking for like two, three hours, and yeah. you were here, and, and you were telling me both of you guys used to go into park jams in the Bronx, yeah, right, and and um, used to, and uh, you were telling me the parents, you know, y'all parents used to force y'all to bring him out and bring him out to the park. <laughs> yeah, wherever, wherever I went, he had to go, you know. Yeah. 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 So how, wait, how old was he exactly, like around this time? Oh my gosh, he, he was a little guy. He was maybe six or seven. Six or seven. That young. Eight, yeah. Going to the park jams? Yeah. 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 I, I'm like, what, nine years older than him? Yeah, and I'm, uh, so 11 I was a years. teenager. So yeah. yeah, he might have been like six, six yeah, years old. I was, I was 15. Yeah, when he was born, 15. I was 11. So yeah. maybe I was 15 or six. He may have been six or seven years old because wherever we went, he had to go. And I wasn't missing um, the music because that was the beginning of, you know, hip hop. Right. You mm -hmm. know, Grandmaster Flash lived down the street. They were always in the park playing. It's crazy. And you know, in St. Mary's Park, we would just tell them, if you hear gunshots, run. hit the ground. No, <laughs> not run, hit the ground, you know. You and, would tell um, a six-year-old never, if you hear gunshots, <laughs> hit the ground. Just hit the ground and lay down. Lord that's Jesus. it. Um, and... What? And that's would y'all practice at home? Like, <laughs> bow, no, bow, bow. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We didn't have to practice at home. And, you know, luckily he never heard a gunshot while we were there. But, you know, there were big crowds and everything else. And he was little. So it was just, you know, holding his hand and yeah. um, keeping him close. So I'm, curi I'm curious, how would y'all hear about the park jams in the Bronx at this time? It was just a word of mouth. Word thing. of it mouth. It was. Just yeah. a word of mouth. But but like you never it wasn't like every Friday or every Saturday. Yeah, it, it every, was. every Friday and Saturday there was a jam yeah, going somewhere, on in the park. In, somewhere, even, either in Patterson Projects, 18 hmm. Park, St. Mary's Park, yeah, our or projects. More, more houses. More houses. Yeah. And what time was this around? Like what's the time of this? It was starting in the afternoon. Yeah. Three, four o'clock. And so you guys are getting ready. Y'all looking pretty and getting, getting your outfits together. Nah, no? We didn't live like that no? back in the day. We wasn't about that. We wasn't, you know, like, you know, the people are now. We just, was just ourselves, you yeah. know. Yeah. We just, it wasn't about being pretty or cute or fly or nothing like that. You just go as you was and yeah. hang out, you know. And then y'all just, what was, what was like, seeing, I, Mary, I know you love the music. 
I and that's one of the connections that I know you and, yeah. and, and never had. Yeah. yeah. Seeing what was your attraction to go to Park Jams? I like the music. The music, too. too. Oh, sure. I was into the music. Yeah, I yeah. danced and I even had my own nickname. Starsky called me Silver Streak. And <laughs> yeah. I wore yeah. a lot of silver bangles. She did. And yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Love, I mean, love, yeah. love Bug Starsky. Starsky. Love yeah. Bug Starsky. Yeah. So you, y'all in Love Bug Starsky were tight. Yeah. 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 Red yeah. Alert, too. Red Alert. Red Alert. Red Alert. Yeah. Yes. When he was Fred. Yeah, Fred when he was Fred. Fred Crew. When he was Fred. Yeah, before Fred. he yeah. was Fred Alert. Yeah, y'all must yeah. have been the cuties on the block then. Right? Yeah, no. you know what? No, we really were. <laughs> I know girls. you guys were the cuties on the block because the DJs had gave y'all nicknames. Yeah, y'all cool. No, we, no. Y'all so calling first. You know what? Y'all well, calling well, first names. Well, well, I guess we were cute, yeah, yeah. but we didn't have to work hard at it. Like people have to work hard at being cute. Now you know, it's just you know, that's just effortless. Effortless. Yeah. 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 I think Red Alert was friends with Sydney, who was, you know, seeing Nadine at the time. So it was, by the way, I don't even know how, where Starsky came from or how we met him, but we all just hung out. Hung DJ out. AJ. We used to have like a crew. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, everybody knew everybody mm. in the projects, right, you right. know. And certain people just hung out with certain people. So my mom's was like, she like a community? I don't know. I, we used to call her the Mayor Morehouses. You know, right. she was a tenant yeah. control supervisor. Yeah. So she had these community rooms. So it was like a crew of us that actually hung out in these rooms, mm. yeah. you know. And like I said, it wasn't about being cute. We were just a crew that just hung out uh, yeah. together. Yep, yeah. yeah, but your mother was like a staple in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. we called her the Mayor Morehouse. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mayor Mo yeah. I, I remember never telling me like when she, when she passed. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. everyone on the block, I think, I, you yeah. know, I, I forgot when... Uh, when me and mom yeah. came out the building. When, when, and she, when passed. she passed away and mm. we came out the, the building, building. Yeah. Everybody was outside. It was like a... a uh, it was May. It was May. It was May. It was yeah. hot. Before it Memorial was, Day, yeah. It was May, and everybody was just like, oh, oh. Miss Boy, you know, God bless you. You know, because mm. it was COVID time. So during her funeral, it wasn't a lot of people there. Right. You know, we only had, like, you were only allowed a certain amount of people. But I felt that was her funeral. I felt her presence walking next to me saying, which she was, Look at me, you know, because everybody was like standing up and like, oh, Miss Boyd, thank you. We love you. Right. You know, because she um, at that time, I guess after the park with the summer and the springtime, you know, you can't hang out in the park. She would allow these guys to have parties in the center, mm. you know, so wow. Evans had to get dragged you know, yeah. into the center because my father was a merchant seaman, so he wasn't there to babysit, so she would have to, you know, bring him along. And, you know, we was at the party, so, you know, yeah. he'd be sleeping, you know, and, you know, still. So the it's, music, been a, so it's been a thing since he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, the music was constantly in his ears, you know. That's why he what? always sleeps best in the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was so used to that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was a different time, you know, and. Yeah. Yeah. He was a part of that. So he, you, know? you would drag him out, and would he get excited to go to the park? Gym? He could care less. He exactly. Care. He didn't care. He was a kid. He didn't care. And then, and then y'all would just y'all would like you guys want to dance. Y'all want to mingle. I right? make sure so. he sit on the bench. I don't know all about. I just make sure just sit here <laughs> yeah. and stay here. So the DJs were always set up by the bench because they could put their crates and everything. Right. So. 
put them on the other end. You just stay here. Not that they was watching them. They probably could care less. But he would stay there, him and his little friends. They'd be sitting there like, you know, <laughs> twiddling, diddling, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it, we just had to have him, you know. We couldn't leave the house without him, you know. Mm-hmm. He had to go outside, too, you know. we go outside, we went outside, yeah. so. And then with me, outside. it was, you know, we would just stand and listen to the music and everything else. Um, I, think, I think as he got older, when he was in um, junior, high school. junior high school, they had the little dance group. Catholic. Catholic, Catholic school. school. And the, it was a dance group, so he had his moment being a break dancer yeah him and know. his little four him and his friends i call him the four musketeers and he had a fade <laughs> you know yeah. he had a fade like maybe a foot tall or yeah something, he, he had know. the high top he had a high top yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um and that was just it you know music was just his thing his thing everybody's thing you know, well like was he, I, I was just i think it's amazing at like five six years old to just for like you know uh, i don't know was it a, a few summers with just being next yeah. to the DJ booth yeah. all yeah. the time, yeah. Yeah. isn't it like it's? It was he was kind of it's raised like osmosis to be, or something. Because, like that. He yeah. was raised you know, to be a DJ. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Because yeah. you know, after a while, those DJs, after they became more popular, yeah. they weren't in the parks anymore. No, right. So it was that rare. Yeah, it was. Know? It was just that few, maybe a few, few years, you know, that they really was in the streets, and then they got popular. So then they was mm-hmm. going into the clubs, the ballrooms, you know, they had little. Um, the renaissance the renaissance yeah just the ballrooms yeah. and these little black doors places where i don't know it was just <laughs> it was you know, it, wherever the they could be was, whenever they let them in they were back there. like you guys were yeah, exactly. y'all were over there. there oh yeah, yeah. I, we were there yeah I'm, i was there she's acting the like we would never go we would never go to these seedy black door places yeah but y'all oh, was there no we were there yeah, but we were there. and this we was when there. this was when the bronx was burnt down mm. and remember on fremont street i swear that freeman street freeman street yeah the black, the black door, door. was yeah. a, a dilapidated <laughs> burnt out building that so that's why it was it was a black burnt door is that what it was? I, no, I had no, no idea. The door was a black. It was literally a black door. door. And okay. the spot was called the black, black door. door. <laughs> okay. There's no thought in and this. And they were making me. money. See, then 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 these guys started making money. You right. know, AJ and um Flash and they were making money, you know, mm. because now they're charging people to come into these parties, yeah. you know, to hear them play this music. You know, so Evans really wasn't a part of that, but he was a part of the beginning when they started out when in the, the and, street. And anyone who played in the park, because even after after, you know, they um, started becoming more and more popular, they still came back to the park and played. Once in a while. You know, AJ and Starsky still played in the center, you know, every now and then. Now and then, yeah. When, when did your conversations about music start between you and Neva? Because, you know, Neva's, like, encyclopedic knowledge of music yeah. and, like, chronological orders of like he knows the years of yeah everything. he's like that quest love like, kind of and like yeah. knows the liner notes knows the label knows the release date it's, all yeah. that shit yeah he was it, it was like was, insane but I, when i talk to you i'm like oh he got that from he got some of that from you because i always and i still do read the well back then it was albums then then cassettes and then right. cds i would always read the back of the album to see you know, who was on the album, who did background music and things of that nature. By then, um, I was in high school and um, I went to music and art. So some of my friends were professional musicians like Marcus Miller, Omar Hakim. Mm. And like Omar, 
wrote songs and played songs for George Benson. Mm -hmm. So whenever any of my friends did any music, I would always buy the album to support them and just read the liner notes to see who was on it. And then it was just a thing to read the liner notes to see who was, which musicians were playing, you know, percussion or the trumpet or whatever, especially with Chaka Khan and, you know, those those artists and that was what I loved the most and that I listened to right you know the most Earth Wind and Fire and Chaka <laughs> Khan and things like that so even to this day you know I still try to read the liner notes even though everything is digital, digital now digital. Right. but they still put the <clears throat> album cover or whatever just to read and see who's on it so yeah that's you know that's what I did I still do it and you're like obsessed with finding different versions of songs absolutely and he would help me find things so um, you would so you would never would like for example like tell me I remember you were telling me like oh there's this one there's like four versions of this one song right and one's like Brazilian and another right. yeah, like Explain for that example, um, Obscure, Isaac Hayes, whenever he did an album, he always had a Ike's Rap, Ike's Rap 1, 2, 3, 4. Mm-hmm. So Ike's Rap number 7 um, was to the song This Time I'll Be Sweeter. But <coughs> back in the day, in the late 80s, a lot of artists were on multiple labels at one time. So you may have had an album come out, but it may not have come out in cassette or it may not have come out in CD. Mm-hmm. And it was just the album. And I have every one of those Ike raps, you know, but I could never find the number seven. So this was something he helped me with. We would look everywhere for it. And then actually how we found it is when Isaac Hayes passed away, somebody put his entire collection of music on YouTube mm. and he helped and he found it and helped me download it from YouTube so that I can put it on my laptop. And I did the same thing for him sometimes if he was looking for something, you know, that, you know, he couldn't find. And, you know, that's what we did, you know, help each other find really obscure music that I like music from movies. And sometimes you'll hear a song in a movie and you'll be like, where did that come from? You know, so we would try to find out where it came from. And we did most of the time. When did, when did, when did that start? At what age did you start having that connection with, with, with uh, music? Neva, with, yeah, with him and you guys nerding out and, you know, all For that. me, it was probably in high school because, you know. And so he was like still like, what, eight or nine? At yeah, this time? he was eight or nine. And then, too, I had this. Remember, I had the organ and. I had an organ and uh, an electric organ and, and it came with three songs. And to this day, those three songs are still some of my like favorite songs, like um, this guy's in love with you, moon river. And we've only just begun. Mm-hmm. And it would just make my dad crazy because I would play that organ all, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> all day long. And, and we would laugh and there were certain things that would tick off my father. So, you know, he was like, don't you know any other songs? And I'm like, somebody's got to buy me some more music. So then that's what led me into music and reading music and writing music. And then when he started, everyone had their own music that we played over and over again. For me, it was mm-hmm. Earth, Wind & Fire all day, all night. Um, he loved Earth, Wind & Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took you to see them, I think. Like, yeah, we went We like went to see them, ago. yeah. And um, I think for him it was the, the what was it, the treacherous three with heartbeat mm-hmm. he yeah. li- he liked that song and it just drove my father crazy but that was just something we <laughs> that was just something we did um 
you know, as far as music, music was concerned, because I'm really obsessed with instrumentals and things of that nature. So, so. W- between, you know, his two sisters, Seen and Marion, I, I feel like the, you guys got two different sides of Never, or you got the same side? Because, you know, like with Seen, I remember you telling me a, a conversation of him telling you, like, I want to DJ, right? Or something. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then you were kind of telling, well, if you want to DJ, you gotta, you gave him like a game plan. Yeah, what was it? What was it? Get a job, mm-hmm. a real job. He, so was what, working, did, what, he was already working at Banana Republic in okay. the Gap. But the thing was, they would always go hang out when they got off. Mm-hmm. And um, so, how do you, but how did he come to you also? Like, uh, where did, did it come out of nowhere to, to you? Or so, did it sound so like I didn't, you know? didn't want to get into that, but I will. Evans and his guys from Gap or Banana Republic would go and hang out in the mm-hmm. village. Yeah. All the time, every weekend. But this one weekend, a few things would happen every time he was in the village. This was like the early 90s, so mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. things was going on downtown. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and Evans seemed to always be involved. Not that he was a part of it, just things would happen. Like one time somebody tried to take his coat and they cut him. Yeah, we and heard that story. Yeah. Y'all heard that? <laughs> yeah. 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 And and then, you know, it was another time. I don't know what happened. But this last time, it, it wasn't a good time for him. It wasn't a good thing for him. But he didn't do anything wrong. Him and one of his young friends from um, Catholic school and another one, three of them. <clears throat> was at a billboard club or whatever. Somebody got, I don't know, assaulted or... There was something that happened. Something happened got in shot. They got a got shot. Somebody got shot. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> what happened? Something went down in Chinatown. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So what happened? <laughs> so what happened? I don't know whether it was China. I don't know where. It wasn't Chinatown. Well, it was the village, and they picked everybody up. It was the village. Up. It was yeah. the village. It was in the village. That's not Chinatown. <laughs> so <clears throat> this one event, which led to Evans and his friends to be. Um, I want to use a word. Detained. Thank you. Detained <laughs> <laughs> for the weekend. Yo, they were, they was in Central Booking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. We've CMC, all right. been in Central G- Booking. Yeah. It was in GV. Yeah. For the weekend. In general and yo, that's the worst time to be in Central Booking. Yeah. But let weekend. me tell you, that's right, because I know very well there is no court on Saturday. You gotta wait till, till Sunday Monday. morning. Oh, I Sunday think you have to wait till Monday. Right, no, Monday. Sunday. Okay. So that's the worst. Um, and with my profession, I just felt that it was time for him. He was still young then because I was pregnant with my son, mm-hmm. Daniel. Daniel is now 31. And um, so I said to him, you know, what is it that you want to do? Because, you know, hanging out, you know, you got to find, you got to do something, you know. <clears throat> And, you know, the the funny thing about it was, to me, even though Evans was into music and um, he was always quiet, I found him to be a a quiet storm, Mm -hmm. you know, and for him to come out to say to me, after I said to him, you know, well, you need to get a job, you know, so in my mind, it'll keep him busy if he get a real job, you know, not let, you know, let little part time, a real full time job. And um, I did. I mentioned, yeah, need to find you a girlfriend. You know, I figured, all right, you got a job. You got a girlfriend. He ain't going to have time to want to hang out in the club so much. And um, <clears throat> and that's when he told me, you know, he, he had already told me he wanted to be the DJ. So I was like, and then you could DJ if you want to. I didn't really, 
when he said that, I was kind of shocked because it's like, oh, you want to be a DJ? Mm -hmm. You know, he See, never, yeah. yeah, he never, um, to me, I never saw in him wanting to be a DJ because he was quiet. I knew he loved the music. Right. I knew he loved to, you know, party and hang out. But the DJ? I was like, wow. Like I said, in my head, it was like, oh, yeah, everybody want to be a DJ or a basketball player now. <laughs> I didn't say that to him, though. Right. <clears throat> I didn't say it to him. But in my mind, I was like, a DJ? Wow. That blew my mind. And then, you know, I said, well, you know, if you're going to do that, at least you have the backup plan. You mm -hmm. know, I just... In my mind, I was like, wow. I, I'm still to this day to see everything, you know, that people were saying about him. And even years ago when I came out here and, and mm -hmm. I saw him play, y'all did that. Thing, I was very, I was like, wow, this guy is really, I knew then, you know, I knew it. You know, I was like, wow, you know, but um, yeah, I gave him the plan. Yeah. And I'm happy that, that he followed through. He did follow through with the plan. Yeah, he, he got did. the job in housing. He yeah, got yeah. Renee the girlfriend. <laughs> and he got those. He asked my grandpa for those um, turntables and them big, at that time, they had those big, gigantic speakers. The funny thing about it, and I'm going to tell you all this story. The guy that he got in detained with, you know, they went to parochial school together. <laughs> well, um, his father when Evans first got his equipment, would take him to parties. He said Evans' first gig, and I don't know if Evans told y'all this, his first gig, Evans, you know, negotiated with the guy, you know, and um, it was on Prospect Avenue, someplace where the black door was, and one of them holes in the wall. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> he negotiated, and the guy was like, oh, I'm going to pay you, you know, you get the crowd, you know, we have a bar, you know, you're going to get money. Right. So he said, they set up, they played, Evans played really good, everybody danced all night long, it was crowded. He said at the end of the night when it was over with, he said, do you know that guy gave Evans $50? Hmm. $50. So he said, and you know what Evans did? He had five tens, he peeled off three of them and he wanted me to take 30. Hmm. And I said, he said, this is what he said to me. I said, is he crazy? He said, he really wanted to jack this guy up, kind of like, <laughs> he said, but you know, they were young. They were in their 20s. And right. this was a man, you know, that did this to them. And um, <clears throat> I thought about, you know, how Evans was always humble, how he was willing to give more than half yeah. mm -hmm. of that little bit of money he made. Mm -hmm. And that was his first gig. And he was satisfied. He was happy. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But he also made cassettes. Right. And I remember at night he would, at yes. cassettes from the radio, right. I've done that myself, it's really hard because right. you, when, you, when your song comes on, you have to be ready. Mm -hmm. And he would make cassettes for everyone because remember, um, mm -hmm. um, everyone from the summer youth program, a lot of my friends, um, since my mom ran the summer youth program, a lot of our friends, we got them summer jobs. And he, he would make everybody cassettes just to have music, you know, to listen to. Yeah, for free. For free. Mm -hmm. For free, you know. Um, I mean, I knew he loved the music. I just yeah. didn't see the part of him becoming a DJ out of it. Mar Marion, did you see it? Did it? Did he ever talk to you about it? You well, know? I know there was a conversation <clears throat> with um, my parents where he said he didn't want to go finish college. Well, that was after he was being after detained. He, right. After I gave him <laughs> yeah, you know. That, and, I mean, because it, it was enforced. It was like, okay, you're going to be a DJ now. And it's like, so, and, and, you know, and I remember my father was like, you know, 
you got to do this, you got to do that. And I think, um, you know, I was there and I said, you know what? I'm like, people have dreams. I'm like, we've all had dreams that none of us ever followed. You know, I'm like, you've had dreams and you didn't follow your dreams. And here we all are. I'm like, let him follow his dream. I'm like, at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Nothing. He, it just doesn't happen, but you have to give him his chance. And that was something that, you know, he wanted to do. He loved music um, so much. He and did. And he just, really did. And it was just everything. I remember when recently, I think Eddie, he was shooting a, a little blurb for something, and I was the camera person <laughs> with his thing. And, you know, someone asked, he had the three questions, like, what was your favorite song? And he said he didn't have one. And... I, it struck me funny because I'm like, you don't have a favorite song out of everything you have, you know, all the albums, all the 45s. And he was like, no. And I had to sit down and think myself, what was my favorite song? And I'm like, I don't have one either because you love so many Same, songs. Yeah, yes, it's a very difficult it's just, question. It's a very difficult people, question yeah, that yeah, you yeah. don't have, you know, a favorite song. And, and it's like every different song, every song has, uh, is a different soundtrack to a moment. To a moment in your and, life. And to yeah. an emotion and a yeah. moment. And, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, depending on what you're feeling, right. yeah. that's your favorite song. So for him, it was like, you know, hip hop. I know for me, it was like, you know, Earth, Wind and & Fire and everything else. And like Chuck Mangione, the first time, you know, I heard Feel So Good. I was like, wow, what is, you know, what is this? Who is that? And And that was how he was with, Houdini and you know mm -hmm. those acts of that time who were coming up you know during that time but you stay on top of music like you listen to Pharrell you listen to like all the new stuff not really and you that do. was you that do. was that was the joke between <laughs> he and I because I refuse to buy Apple music I'm probably one of ten people in the world who doesn't subscribe to Apple music I will go to iTunes and buy a song. You want to own it. Yeah. I, but I will not subscribe to Apple Music. And that stunts me because I don't hear all of the newest music because I'm still stuck in the 70s to 2000 as far as music I right. listen to. And it, and we would laugh. He was like, I would spend money to buy Apple News, but I wouldn't buy Apple Music. And I, he would buy Apple Music and not buy Apple News. And when Vanity Fair had done an article on the 50 years of hip hop, yeah. I couldn't send it to him because he didn't have Apple News. So that was the joke. <laughs> You know, between us. You know, Marion, if it helps you feel, if it makes you feel any better, I subscribe to Apple Music and Spotify, and I'm also in the set. I don't go beyond 70. Well, I, I probably go before 70s too, but nothing yeah. past. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I'm stuck. So, how, how did you guys feel when he started, like, when he actually quit his job and he started DJing full time? I was so happy for him. You were. I was, I was happy. happy. I was very happy. You it's, it's one of those moments where you don't really fathom that's possible. Yeah, you right? know, I was very, I was very happy for him. How did did he announce? Did he let you guys know? Or like, <laughs> how did you guys? Yeah, like, did he like? Take, I'm just kind of wondering. <clears throat> what do you thing, mean as far as quitting his job? And yeah, 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 I mean, I think like. Well, you know, he did both for a while. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. he yeah. really yeah. did. But I yeah. feel like all of us, like most of us. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we had to, we had a, a job and then we DJ'd. Yeah. And then there was that, there was that one special day when we had, we were like, look, I, I think I could quit my job. Yeah. It's getting in the way of the DJ shit. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I, it, but, it, but it's like that rare occasion, but I never announced it to anybody, but I, I was just wondering if he just shared it with y'all. <laughs> but yeah, but I know? just think with him, it was at the point working for light, 
you know, going to the Hamptons and then mm. flying yeah. to Vegas back and forth and everything else. And that's when maybe he realized that this is this is it. a possibility. Yeah. I think the move to Vegas for him was was huge. It was huge. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's where it all kicked off, you know. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, they, like you, you know, never and you, Eddie. I mean, you guys were like kind of pioneers on the East Coast in New York because, like, you know, even at the time when I was gonna move to Vegas. All the promoters, club owners in New York is like, that's career suicide. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in Vegas, mm-hmm. guys. Oh, really? Yeah, they were like, you're, you know, that's, that's the, you know, they were like, they were literally saying, I'm going to see you back here in a year. <laughs> Boy, were they wrong. I mean, yeah, that, that yeah, was, right? were they telling you the same thing? Yeah. Yo, the, the, the exodus from, as far as nightlife and hospitality goes, that every, a lot of people followed suit. They right. saw that there was a gold rush in Nevada. Right. And there was a booming bottle service kind of nightclub scene that was that was um blossoming and you know Nevin and I were lo- we were lucky to to link up with the people that we worked for in New York cuz they were going places they did things the right way the light group mm-hmm. yeah. light group uh, it was called the jet corporation at the jet time andrew sasson um greg Breyer was his partner for a while but you know we we connected at jet lounge it was great it was a kind of a um one a, a kind of an exclusive spot in Soho for a while, and then the Camptons, you know that whole vibe. And you know when Andrew picked up the, picked up the phone and called me and called Never, we felt we, they they get, they instilled that sense of like job security in the world of DJing to us, and we which rode we, which with we'll him, never see was, again. Yeah. Which we'll, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll never see yeah. that again. Yeah, you know so, what I'm saying? Yeah. No, wait, so wait, we, wait. When was the first time you heard about Eddie? Did you, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Yeah. I never even heard about. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Not the first time I've heard that. Right? Girl, right. wait. See, I know you. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. I knew. I knew. How much did you think she was gonna say? No, I'm sorry. No, I did know about oh, see, Eddie because I knew you guys um, did Jet Lounge and everything together. Yeah. But I had never. I don't think I ever met you we didn't uh, meet until until so very deep into so what did you hear about where did you what was the so first time you heard about i actually nicole might yeah. know yeah <laughs> remember the days of myspace of course so i was doing evans well never's myspace page and there was an article with both um never and Eddie, oh i know which one that, and yeah. i put it up on myspace i knew when i'm smoking a cigarette with the smoke and the black yes. and white one yeah yes. yeah that was for the yeah 944 yes. magazine it was that, back to back that picture almost never happened they were so they were highlighting all the major clubs in Las Vegas and and highlighting the the talent for each one of those places and originally um, they wanted to put me at the bank with and no disrespect to to this this friend of mine who's a DJ David Christian but I just didn't have the story I didn't have the history with him so I was just like you know I don't really feel connected to the bank because that was kind of like my tail end of employment with the light group. But Jet, Jet's me and Neva's house, you know, at the right. time. This is, you know, I mean, this is where we kind of, I said, I, I want to be, I, we need to be in the picture together. So they made, at the photo studio, at the at the studio, they were like, okay, we're going to switch this up. And that's when that, and I love that picture. That yeah. picture's great. That's when I was like gone, right? And Because I, <laughs> I would have been in that picture with y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's funny. And the, the show. I would have like in between your shoulders like uh, <laughs> the free, shop was going strong we had every di- like every dj that went in for the shoot had a new t-shirt on everybody oh, yeah. and the photographer was like 
Does anybody wear anything except for new? Like everybody wore new yeah, apparel. And, and new, that, new was the yeah. was the clothing shop that that never and I opened. Yeah. So like, I in two thousand seven, in two thousand seven, I had a lot of money saved up, and everyone was like, buy a house, buy a house, and I went to Neva's house and I went to your house and I'm like, these dudes got these big ass houses. And then they got these extra rooms that they no one even goes into these rooms. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then they go shopping for the furniture for these rooms that nobody and no goes one ever in. goes into. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yo, I'm pretty young. You know, I was like 28. I was just like, yo, like, why would I get a three-bedroom, four-bedroom house and then furnish it and then, like, spend, you know, 15K or 10K per room to furnish the shit on top of getting a house paying this mortgage and I was like I want to do something I want to like open a business and I was just like I would talk to me and Neva would like you know we would always have to go to New York or LA to get the gear so right. we were like yo let's let's open a clothing boutique mm -hmm. and he was just like I was like yo I'm gonna put up he was like yo just give me I'm like put, give me I forgot what I asked him to give me like I said give me like 10 15k and I was like and I'll put up the rest and uh, I, I think I ended up putting up like 80 or something like Jeez. more than that Lord Damn, you just because, a lot of yeah. saved right, Rich. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> that's, the, that's the notorious scene. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Church Jesus. <laughs> Lord. There was a time I was walking into the hospital and I'm in, and, and I'm like getting into, like, I'm in the hallway and I'm here and I just hear, Lord Jesus. And I'm like, oh, scene's here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I called on Jesus. Yeah. And so, but when, when he, so when, you know, we opened it, we were like, you know, you know, never had a retail background. You know, I had a, a semi-retail uh, import manufacturing background. So, but we were like re really DJs. But really, when we opened the store, we had to crack down and like grow up and really take the shit seriously because we started losing money fast. But you guys were one of the first streetwear yeah. stores yeah. in Vegas. But you know, yeah. businesses usually do lose at first before they yeah and we opened at profitable. the wrong time we opened at the end of 2007 right before the crash and then, for the recession yeah, and then the yeah. recession hit 2008 mm -hmm. and then honestly the fact that we made it through the recession because that's when all these other smaller streetwear stores closed yeah mm -hmm. and we ended up being the only one like when the dust settled after the recession we were the only the like we were the only survivors. Yeah. It was like Forrest Gump with like Bubba Gump yeah. shrimp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, know when, you know when that storm came and yeah. they were the yes, last, yes, and they yes, were the yes. only shrimp oh, boat. Shrimp and boat. then Forrest was like, "Yo, yo, shrimping was easy after that." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, that was like me and Never. We were Lieutenant Dan after the, after the recession hit. After the recession hit, we were like, "Damn, these teas selling out." Yeah, it's easy to sell these teas, man. We should add more to the orders. It's just like, yo, we were just, and then, you know, we expanded, but I want to, like, when when he came to y'all, did he tell you he was starting? A, a, oh, yes, yeah, he did. Yes, he did. He was wow. so proud, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was so proud, and I'm. I said, "Go for it." And yeah. He got like, some money so from proud. me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're part of 15k. <laughs> now I was undercover. Yes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You was undercover. Yeah, yeah. So you're the you're out. the police officer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of the family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. I was. Un <laughs> I helped him out. Yeah. Lord Jesus. Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yes. So yes. then we, you know, we had the clothing store, and we opened that in 2007, mm -hmm. and you know. Um, 
And it, you know, it was like, you know, I think we were really, really killing it. I think we, we lost money, obviously, the first two years. And the third year, we broke even. That's good. And then the fourth year, it just started making money. 15, and then in, and then 2012. 14, 15, we, we just started going crazy in half. 2012, you guys did something great. You guys did your own t-shirts. You guys cut yeah. and sew, and that yeah. took... Sweatshirts. That took go. everything by storm. Yeah. yeah. But that was, that was when, you know... <clears throat> When you guys were in that photo shoot, at that time I had left the light group. So I was full time at the at kind of like I was kind of the businessman. I was kind of banned from from working in Vegas. Was, I had a non-compete. Yeah, free yeah, cricket. Really? But that's why I, like my, all my savings was going into the store and then it's like trying to get gigs out of town at that time. But I remember it was just me and Neva. And I, and I will say this. I'm always dragging Neva into these yep. things. <laughs> so like you know when i talked to him about the podcast he didn't he didn't know what the fuck was going on <laughs> he did it he just was like oh I'll, I'll you know i was like yo i'm gonna do a podcast so you, you'll sit in and talk he's like all right cool fuck it and then i kept saying like yo come back and let's just let's talk he didn't want to do the podcast he thought he, he was on one episode and then he just kept coming <laughs> back and coming back but that's the that's the thing about never and even with the store it was so hard to get to survive mm -hmm. and there was these times where like i think one of the lowest points in my life was like i think we were late on rent it was probably the third year when we broke even mm -hmm. and i remember it was october and november and i think i it was around the time when i i basically lost my residency in vegas and i had non-compete i was like almost damn near dead broke and i was trying to like survive and me and Neva, we, you know, we would stay up to 2 a.m. just prepping for like Black Friday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm over there and, then, you know, we couldn't make November rent. I remember this. And I, and I called my mother and it's the first time like I felt like I was the biggest loser in my life. Because mm -hmm. I asked her, I said, you know, can I borrow like, like $4,000? And I've never asked my mother for money. And my mother really don't have money like that. And she sent it to me and I, I felt like, it was the most shameful time of my life. And it ended, and then I remember I, we were just hoping for Black Friday because I didn't have December rent for the mm -hmm, store. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Neville was always there. And, he, and the thing is, I feel like he was always a good luck charm. Mm. And he was always there and he was always loyal. It's like mm -hmm. in the battlefield of life, mm -hmm. he was just there. He like, there's so many motherfuckers that I would do shit with and they would run away mm -hmm. or they would just fall back. If it wasn't popping, too much work, they would fall back. Mm -hmm. But Neville was always there, and he just stuck through it there. And, you know, me and him would get into it, too, all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we would have our times where we fucking yell at each other, and I'm tired of you, crook. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Neville, you, you know, we have this shit, but, that's you know. Family. Yeah. That's family, yeah. That's family, and yeah. we always stuck together. And through, mm -hmm. through the, the rough times at New to you know the times when I would go ballistic on this dude and never with the podcast and everything like that, he was always there and he always stuck through it. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and and I was and I remember I was I talk with people. They're like, why do you keep, why do you keep you know doing these businesses or these things with, with never, you know what I'm saying? Why do you keep doing? That? And I said, you know, I don't know, I don't I don't know why, but I'm like, yo, if I have to do this shit I want want to do it with him I want to yeah. do it with my boys with my family right, right. I want to come right. up with my family yeah right you know right. in the end and it's like I, I don't know how to explain it you know and so 
as we as we gather here together and we're you know we're brought here whenever I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious i want to know what was one of your proudest moments for never in, in in your memories if i could ask seeing marion and nicole that you remember i was always proud of him mm. That's uh, kind of like one thing I never said to him that I was proud of him. Mm. But I think he knew it, you know, in my love for him, you know. I was always proud of Evans. Even when he was a little Catholic school, we laugh about. <laughs> Me and Evans, we had a unique relationship, you know, other than music, you know. So I know he knew I was proud of him. You know, like I said, when I came out here, how many times I've been to Vegas? I think <laughs> three times. Yeah. You know, but that last that that last time that I was out here, um, I did. I told him I was like I'm proud of you because I went to the store. Y'all mm-hmm. had the store. Yeah. 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 You had the house. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I think I had been to the house before. He had the house before then. But that was right. such a proud moment for honestly for us as mm-hmm. us as DJs, you know, yeah. Sean. I've, I remember we talk about that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Him being like one of the first dudes. He was one of the first dudes that I know to to buy a house for DJ money. Yeah. With, you know what? And money. you told me that when I came out here yeah. that time because that's when I first met you. Yeah. Do you remember? I remember because yeah. I because w- that was a defining moment for me, and I've mm-hmm. told never this myself. I said oh. when you bought that house from DJ Money, mm-hmm. I, I was like. This is possible, yep. and yeah. like yo, like there is no limit, yeah. and it actually planted the seed for like yo, like let's open a shop. Like there is no limit. Right. If you could go and buy a house, and I'm over here, and I'm like, I don't want to buy a house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like right, yo, right, we can right. let's open a store. And honestly, after we opened that store, I'm you know, how many DJs opened the store afterwards? There was like <laughs> yeah, you tra- yeah, you opened the tra- door for that too, tra- right? It's like all moment. these DJs just started opening like retail stores, some entrepreneurial shit. stuff, yeah, yeah. Like side they, they started yeah. branching out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, and Marion, what was what was your proudest moment? I think I was always proud of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I think we've always supported each other in all mm-hmm. the whatever moments in life that um, we all went through. I think. With me, with him, I think when he had the billboard up, mm. you know, that yeah. was something he was really, really yeah, he proud really of. he was proud of that. He yeah. was proud of that. And I remember I was out here and we took a cab just to wherever it was, you know, <laughs> and just to look at it. So, um, you know, I was always, I'm proud of everyone in our family, you know, for all of our accomplishments, whatever right. they are, you know, um, but I was, he was really proud of that moment. And I was just proud that, again, like when we spoke before, you know, how wonderful was it to have a dream and follow it through? Because not many people get to do that. You know, people go to work every day and they're just working to Survive. make ends meet. You know, money is the means to an end. But, you know, he was able to every day do absolutely what he loved, even, you know, during the pandemic and you know he was telling me about twitch and everything else and i'm like well you know go ahead you have nothing to lose to do it and then he turned around and he's like "Uh, can you be my moderator or whatever and i'm like yeah you know i can do you know i can do that you know so um do you love you guys love those twitch streams that he did right i absolutely i think so because it was the pandemic what else could you do but watch but you you got to really see what he did right exactly you got to really see 
his taste of music, his energy, his but rapport. But we already, we already, we already knew, knew he it. had that. Uh, you know, it wasn't. But I think, you know? I think, oh, yeah. except when he would, he would be, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that got to, yeah, that was a little too much to cussing. Yeah. But, I think, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. for me, I think for him was one day he was playing and my mom, you know, I had put it on the TV in the living room. Yeah. And then, you know, I came online, you know, with my, what was it, my name or whatever. And he knew it was me. And I'm like, you, there's someone here, you know, watching you. And he started tearing up crying because he's like, okay, I got to stop because my mom is watching. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't curse then, right? He didn't curse then. But, you know, my mother supported him. We, I guess because he was... The baby. the baby. We yeah. were always proud of him. But when he was DJing in, in the places, wherever, my mother would go. Really? Yeah, mom oh my, would go. Yes. We went to yeah. um, when Light had the big thing yeah. and he had his own room in, where was that? I don't know, Manhattan. No. Well, right here. On Light, Light New York on 54? No, what no, was no, it? no. Here Bellagio. in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, in Vegas. Yeah, Light at Bellagio was the first yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. So we were there. Or maybe it was Jet at Mirage. There were different It rooms. was Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, Mirage. Yeah. And it was... He was I, in, the, in the hip-hop room. He was yeah. in the hip-hop room. Yeah, yeah. And we all went, Mommy, me, and Top. <laughs> and... Of course, I'm like, okay, I was worried about my mom being there with everything else, you know, but she was, I was falling asleep and she was still going, you know. <laughs> and she would even, when he was in New York, she'd been yeah, to she a would go, few yeah. of the places. She yeah, would go. That wasn't her first and time. Yeah. No, it wasn't, but it was yeah, just a whole thing yeah. to see her, you know, yeah, all at the party, yeah. like in the club and the rest of the younger ones are falling asleep and she's still up. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, she went to see Prince twice. I mean, come yeah. on now. You know, she liked Prince, you know. So she supported him. Yeah, she did. And um, I thought that was really important to him. I think that that might have encouraged him more because we all supported him in yeah. what he did. You know, yeah. there was no doubt. You know, like I said, yeah. when he said it, I was surprised, but I didn't say, oops, don't. I yeah. just said, no you know, said, that's what you want to do. Be, okay, you want to be a DJ? Go ahead, try it. <laughs> and he did try it and he liked it and he stayed with took, it. Took all our records with him too. <clears throat> yeah, stole yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stole my yes, he did. He, sure he did. took some of my records. He yeah, was like, he oh, you listening to gospel music now. You don't need these. <laughs> <laughs> He took yes, our he albums, yeah. the 45s, yeah. everything. Yeah. 45s wow. and everything. Yes, he nice. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, never, never shared a story on the podcast that one of his first gigs in New York, I don't remember the name of the place, but you guys, it was the first time you guys had all come out to see him. And he was really excited. And then you guys showed up and the room was dead. And he said that that was one of the worst feelings for him that that he thought you guys were not gonna oh. like. Oh, why? Think no. he was gonna make it? No, not a, never, 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 no. never ever a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> never no. ever, no. Yeah, you know he he. Truthfully, I have to say I wasn't there, because when he started playing music, I was working and I worked nights. Yeah, I worked midnights. I worked eight p.m. to four. So I never really got to hear him play in New York. And and not and like I said, when I came out here for Vegas that time, that was I, I retired. That yeah. was the first time I heard him play music. Mm. No, yeah, I yeah. have, yeah. yeah. She's, Even she here. has, yeah. yeah. But I never, yeah, because I always worked. So I had babies and, yeah. 
But I, I knew he was doing good things because he had my records. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> he had my records. Yeah, I knew it was good. You know, it, it's funny. Um, you know, uh, we had a conversation. Obviously, when when never passed, we're doing the funeral arrangements and scene, and you know, you we were speaking, mm-hmm. and you were like, you know, we we you know we talked, and mm-hmm. we want the records to go to y'all. Yeah. Right? And then I said, well, yeah. I I I'm not. I'm not a vinyl dude. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love music, but I actually hated the process of like buying records yeah. and like. He loved that. Yeah, he, he loved, loved that. Oh Even my god! Like, Every time he came to New York City, he had to, to go digging. See, I'm going down to get some records. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he made he made it back to New York a lot more often than I did when I moved yeah. out here. So yeah. whenever was whenever there was some things that I needed, he's like, "What?" He would ask me, "He's like, I'm going to Rock and Soul. Let me know yeah, what rock you want. Yeah, rock soul. Soul. Right. He's like, "Let me know what you need. I'm yeah. going to go see Ruben. I'm going to go see whoever." And I'd give him a list, yeah. and he'd come back yeah. with all this great. And, and I told you, seeing, I was like, "If there's one man you have to give the records yeah, to, it's Eddie." Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Sure. Eddie, and, Eddie and Anderson Pack. That whole room full of vinyl. We had, yeah, I know. I love that room. Spent a lot of hours in that room. Yeah. <laughs> it got hot as hell in there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. was fun, man. Was you wouldn't cut that AC on. Man. But yeah, we well, we took it was mentioned on the pod one time. His um he had a um was it LaFace Le- Records, I think, um uh compilation and AP wanted um um you know what's up, uh Donnell Jones. Yeah, and I never had I never had the twelve inch, but he's really? like, oh, I got it. I swear to God, Uh-oh. no, I, I just ne- I ne- or I, I had. Crazy. I also had a lot of records that I lost in a flood in Jersey and stolen from me in Jersey City too. Really? Yeah, 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 a lot, a lot. If I if I had all the records, I'd still I I had throughout my journey in music. Uh, yeah, I'd have to get a bigger house, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, but uh, yeah. I remember yeah. when you first told me that, though. I was like, you know, if anyone has first dibs on all of this, it's your son Daniel. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, he no, nah, he don't want to be. He don't want none of this. Yeah. <laughs> it is a labor of he love, not, but you know, yeah. it's he's a labor of into, love. Yeah, he's not into that. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> hey Nicole, what was your what was your proudest moment? My perspective was yeah. definitely different, um, mainly because I'm the niece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eleven years behind him. She's and like the little sister. She doesn't yeah. realize. Yeah, they grew up together. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so I always thought he was gonna make it. Whatever he did, I thought that he was gonna be great. He was, it, the cool, he was the coolest motherfucker. He, he was, was always cool. there, you know, he always had stories. Nintendo was my thing. Yeah. And he played it with me all night long. I'm talking about able to get infinity lives for Mario. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're the greatest. Whatever you're doing, you're gonna do it. You're gonna make it. You're gonna be big. Like yeah. when I'm giving him toy cars of Corvettes, like this is gonna be your future car like this is it yeah that, so, that, um, that never that happened, never happened. <laughs> i know That's the one I, I learned how to drive before him yes. <laughs> you know how many, you know so how many, many times, times to teach him how to drive for years and years and years that's the one dream that never <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yeah poor guy it's so he funny he called me about a month before you passed and he's like yo i need a new tv they'll take me to sam's club yeah and I was like, all right, cool. But then he was always like, can you take me to Sprouts? Can you take me here? Can you? I'm like, yeah, of course. And I'm just like, why didn't you never learn how to drive? He goes, it wasn't important to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it, yeah. It really I'll just take a yeah. cab everywhere. And I'm like, all right. It's the same thing for me. I mean, I don't know how to drive to this day either. Really? I just took no. him to the bank I today. liked what you said. It's overrated. It it's, is overrated. I think it's just like, why? Like, if I could, you know, get someone to drive me and I could 
do work in the backseat. I don't have to like worry about traffic. I think or it's nothing. a New Yorker thing. It is. Yeah. Been used to riding buses and trains, and it doesn't. You know, you could get around. Yeah, it's not Every, convenient. Everyone's, to have a car everyone's like, yeah. Everyone's telling me like, yo, not. but you don't understand the freedom. Of when you have a car, and I'm like, that shit don't seem free because like I gotta find parking. That's right. Parking is easy. Road rage. Parking is yeah. easy. You gotta get cut right. off once in a while. People cut you yeah. off. It's, it's See, you're already getting upset talking about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? it's aggravating. Oh. It's oh. really <laughs> aggravating. You know, especially yeah. in New York, you can't find parking. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, no, there's do, nothing more you. liberating to me than stepping out and then it's being just, like, and I got nothing. I don't have to worry about shit until you gotta get a TV. Until you gotta get a TV. Or go to the bank. But wait, like Eddie, today. Eddie, that's what friends are for. Exactly, yeah, see, yeah, exactly. That's, it. that's what friends exactly. are for. But know? we ended Jesus. up, yeah, we went to Sam's and got the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, told, I told him, I said, I'll take you on Tuesday. And he's like, all right, cool. But then he ended up going like on Sunday. Yeah. He's like, yeah, my sister took me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But he would always call me. Can you take me to Sprouts? Can you take me to this? I need to go here. I need to go there. Can you drop me off all the way to the east side to a record store? Because he's meeting up somebody to go digging. I'm like, sure. It was like 20-minute drive. I'm like, sure. Like 30 minutes. I'm like, hey, Record City, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was far. So wait, wait. Is that, you just always been proud of him. There, oh, that, yeah. there was no defining moment for you where you were just kind of like, wow, this is crazy. Like, um, So I want to say when I was doing his MySpace, that's when I would find out like other details about him being a DJ and things like places that he played. I didn't know he had a MySpace moderator at the time. He had an app I, I, on his I MySpace him on his Twitch. I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you something about yeah. Never. I'd be like asking like, yo, like, he'll have his niece being the moderator on his MySpace and I'll be asking about shit. He's like, nah, you know, I'll take care of that shit. He'll just tell me. <laughs> and and I get like, uh, I guess a text message or a phone call while I'm at work. And he's like, yo, can you update this and blah, blah, blah. Can you I'm update like, my top five? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I'm at work. I'm supposed to be working at HBO. Meanwhile, I'm like playing with MySpace and updating his MySpace. Wow. But no, there was one thing that he did. Um, he played for Pamela Anderson's wedding. Wedding, yeah. And oh. I was like, and yeah. then he said oh, yeah. an yes. article for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What yeah. wedding was this? Was this Tommy Lee? This was like Tommy when, Lee. Yeah, Tom, was it Tommy Lee? Lee? No, no. no. It, was, no. It, was, it was the last Steve Solomon. Who, the oh, uh, 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 Rick Solomon. Rick, Rick Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's I just knew it was Pamela Anderson. I was like, Rick was real tight with Andrew. Nicole was like, it was some white guy. It had to be Tommy <laughs> Lee. Some guy, yeah, I know, right? There was somebody beyond. You can't say that. Andy, yeah. yeah. But he, did, he, he was really proud when um, he did, um, who was it? Uh, the Rolling Stones? Uh, Mick Jagger? Mick Jagger's yeah. um, party or books thing. Well, I know Mick, Mick Jagger came to light one night. Uh, after they, they played at MGM, MGM Grand Garden. This yeah. was 2002 or 2003, and I remember he came in and, and never might have been DJing that night, but I don't yeah. know if, it, I, you know, that that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, that's, yeah. Coming to Vegas, you don't know what you're going to do, especially yeah. working with who we worked <laughs> with. There was like, that, that was like the, you know, before Tau Group. I mean, Light Group was around a little bit before Tau Group, at least mm -hmm. in this market. And, uh, they always had the celebs coming in, Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg and stuff like that. So we'd always have some kind of requests from them or D DJ situation with them. <laughs> usually it was positive for never, and I usually created a, an issue. <laughs> I probably lost my temper. <laughs> 
fuck are we not at the Capoeira? He's at, he's, at, he's at a dress code anyway, and he's smoking reefer at the table. He should be kicked out. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be, be like these frantic situations of like uh, managers running around like, hey, Crooked, let me get your hat. And I'm like, why? Like, Leonardo DiCaprio wants a hat. And yeah, he, it, it I, think he, I think he really? took Nevis hat at one time. I think you might be right. Really? Yeah, he yeah, took yeah. Nevis yeah, hat. Yeah, it was crazy. Really? They were like, yo, like, Never, we need your hat. Leo wants this. Leo, Leo wants, wants that. And I'm like, like what the what? Leonardo just wearing, he probably had to adjust the shit out of that yeah. snapback. Yeah. With Nevis big head. <laughs> he had a big head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never was like probably on one or two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> holding on. <laughs> just like that. So, can you guys tell us the story of how Never got his. DJ name because there's like a few theories, but no one really knows. Like it was just his name. It was just his, his name. Letters he mixed yeah. up and yeah. came up with never. Yeah. But I heard something about Neverland or oh, Never she, Never or what? She was little. What was? What did you say? She wanted to be Tinkerbell because she wanted uh, to be Tinkerbell had, to Never had, Neverland. Yeah. He had another name. I wish I dug it up. Before oh yeah, I got he did here, have another name before he became Never. Oh my God. Yeah. We it? only yes. know DJ Evan. Yeah, or something. <laughs> it wasn't Black Panda. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. That. <laughs> it wasn't no, it wasn't Panda. I, I gave him that name. Yeah. He definitely had another he name. Did. There was right. another business card. I promise. I'll make sure you have it mm. in time yeah but okay. but yeah. yeah and then yes with his name yeah. never mm-hmm. yeah and yes she, me being his niece she i tinkerbell yeah i mean so what what did you get because i always remember him telling me it, like never was like evan but never like right. almost in well, reverse he, right yeah, 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 wait yeah, we right. look at the name evan he just took the last letter and yeah he put it to the front and you know he was so, so like, proud when he did know? it he was telling me yeah i just switched it uh, <laughs> i was like right, right, okay right. Evan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know he got a reputation out here it was like well like why they call him never because he never says no to a drink you know oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh they say like oh we're like never never's never on time you know <laughs> oh now that one I like better. He's never yeah. on time. That's yeah, always, that's him. That yeah. was, he was. It was tough. I mean, we, we well, we both well. Desert Club, which is the first place we all, a lot of us all lived. I mean, I, I moved there. You would you would live there. Never lived there. My father <laughs> lived, lived there. We lived there, and we all shared the same air mattress. Yeah. I bought an air mattress. I passed it. I think to my dad, to Never, and then to my dad, then to Crooked. It went. It, it got some. Anyone from the East Coast who came to Vegas in our circle? <laughs> it's like a rite of passage to get that Everyone mat- air slept mattress. on this air mattress. Oh, God, and we just oh pa- it was like... I was the last one. Yeah, Sean yeah. was the last one to oh, get it. Slap, yeah, sloppy it, like it, it ended with you. The legacy yeah. ended with you with the air mattress. But, you know, we so we lived at Desert Club, and, and it was conveniently located because we moved out here to take the residency at Light at Bellagio. So Desert Club was right on the corner of Koval and Flamingo. And uh, it was walking distance, basically, but... Not necessarily with records. We're still on records, so it was tough. Wow, sometimes wow. cabs, sometimes taxis. Even if we called that yellow checker star elite, it was Ace. Right? Yeah. Well, there would ace be the cab. There was Ace. A cab. A cab. That's yeah, what but that there was. There was, was the one that, that was saved. For, there was a number saved for industry in Vegas that got there like five minutes or less. Usually, oh, they called it that. Yellow Checker Star Elite Fleet. The Elite Fleet. There was like a special number you called, and they would normally be there. Sometimes they wouldn't show up, and we'd have to run up Flamingo Road with four, like four hundred records behind us. Oh my god! Two, on two luggage carts, you know, wobbling around, and sometimes you know, you know, we would crazy. fall behind schedule a little bit. Sometimes I remember, like, uh, yeah, at that time we had to call, like, you know, probably like twenty minutes before just to get a cab, mm-hmm. and we called. There was one company called A Cab, so me and Neva would always use that company. And, but it is the, the craziest shit is you would have to tip at least $5 every trip. Wow. 
So like you know the trip would be like twelve twelve fifteen and then you, you basically spending twenty dollars twenty dollars yeah, at the time a, mm-hmm. a trip, and then and then I I think like never like was telling me like yo like no one's coming to pick me up now so now like you know it's not even twenty minutes I have to like call forty minutes in advance wow, wow. and then I was uh I was in the cab one time and then I heard on the on the dispatch they're like you know Evan Evan is at you know blase blah needs a pickup. And the driver was like, oh, we never picked that guy up, man. And I was like, wait, wait, why don't you pick him up? He's like, he don't tip. (laughs) (laughs) Never tip. (laughs) And they were like, oh, his name is Never Tip. Never Tip. (laughs) Never Tip. (laughs) No, no, so then I called him and I was like. That's not like him. No, he didn't. He's a little tight. He's a little tight, bro. He's a little tight with it. But at the club, he would take care of people. He would take care of people at the club. Because he was really, you know. But at the taxi, he always like, man, you two dollars is good. Two dollars is good. You know, one dollar is good. Yeah, there is nothing yeah, funnier than watching Never yeah. make a, like a big purchase. Like we went, what did we do? We went buying studio equipment one time. Yeah. We went to Guitar Center. He got an MPC and like uh, like a, um, a MIDI inf- interface and stuff like that. And I think when they gave him the total, like he just like like <laughs> just lost everything. <laughs> like, and then, but then I'm like, never. We're gonna go to the Apple Store. I'm gonna buy a new G5 or whatever, a new computer. And I made <laughs> when they gave the total of the, the 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 Mac. He's like, I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I had to tell him. I'm like, yo, Nev, they're not picking you up because you're not tipping. He's like, what do you mean? I give them two dollars. I give them dollar. I'm like, nah. You're like, that's why I give them five because mm-hmm. they remember and they mm-hmm. always gonna pick me up if you give yeah. them five. Right, yeah. Right. And then he that's ended true. up doing that shit and he was like, that's I can't funny. believe I'm giving these motherfuckers five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, like we were talking about his name, right? You and the whole family. What is this? You plural, like you pluralize words and names, so you call him Evans. And you say, you, but you pluralize sometimes. But I remember even your cousin was like making a speech at the at the funeral service, and she said rhinos. Like she, she it's a, <laughs> <laughs> All right, rhinos. All right, since we talking about it. <laughs> About that, that rhino <laughs> thing, and it wasn't like what she said. Except okay. for the wings, there. She gave it a very innocent yeah. spot right yeah. there. So I remember going to Vegas to hang out with him um, more than once. What sticks in my mind is one night I think I met him at the, it was a club. It was either Lime or Jets on that side. He had a separate room in the back. I'm not sure which club it was. He had his own space, and I hung out with him. And um, as the evening went on, he says, Top, because no one in the family calls me Ruth. He says, Top, you want to come with me? I said, where, where are you going? Uh, we're going to go to Rhinos. I said, Rhinos? I said, what's Rhinos? So he says, I wasn't too sure how you would feel about coming with me, but I'm asking you if you want to go. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. So we left the club about maybe 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, maybe even somewhere in there. And um, I went with him to Rhinos along with Crooked, his DJ Crooked, okay, and Sean, his two friends who were here from Vegas. So we went to Rhinos. And when we left Rhinos, actually I took a picture of the three of them outside 
they were, you know, hanging, you know. So we took a picture of them at three outside. We had a great time. Yeah. I don't even yeah. remember this story that she was saying. You were there. You were I don't there. Know. Was I there? Bro, you sense. were there. If he, he was there. there. There's a picture. There's a picture. Yeah, yeah, right. picture. And y'all had a good time. And let me tell yeah. y'all. You being, you had, let me tell you something. You being a real cop right now. And that was much talked about after the funeral. Wait, what happened about it? Nothing happened. Well, nothing. Y'all guys did nothing. Y'all No, she just shouldn't have bought it up at the she funeral. Yeah. Remember yeah. the man so he was said, tight. "Yeah, we yeah. was tight with her." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, why? He, he <laughs> said, "Save some things for the repast." Oh shit! Shout out to Reverend Crenshaw, by the right. way. Right, thank oh, you. You got it right, Jamie. Yeah, I love him, man. Yeah. yeah, Reverend Crenshaw already laid out. Shout out to Reverend Crenshaw. He was so good. See, Cian says she didn't listen to rap music, but I need to let y'all know quickly that I'm a preacher and a pastor, but I love rap music. I'm not gonna say I love every form of it, but 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 I love rap music, and and, and and I'm also a DJ. I never rose to his level, but I can go back to the days before we had all this fancy technology to where we didn't even have a mixer, and we would just be in the room, and we would have a left balance and a right balance on the receiver, and we didn't have techniques before. We had techniques. We used to mix, right? Come on, anybody remember those days? I can take you back further, even before we had. I was in music and on high school with Slick Rick and Dana Day. We would, we would put the cardboard on the table and DJ and beatbox, and we would battle without even having a speaker. So, 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 don't say that qualifies me to stand here, but I know God, but I also know something about this DJ life. I, I know crooked good God Almighty. I'm if you don't remember another name, you're going to remember Crit now. See, I might have to come to the repast so I can hear some of the stories that y'all didn't tell right now. Because I want to know how you got the name Crooked. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know y'all had a problem with that story that she said. But that was a story that was supposed to be because I knew what the Rhino Club was. And yeah. a lot of the women did not, and you guys did, and y'all laughed. Right. I they, knew what it was. They made Cricket get up and stand up. He's like, who is this Cricket? Oh, yes, yeah. yes, right. yes, yes. But every time, it, this is the, the problem with the, the funeral service, every time. There was some like debauchery or something like <laughs> crooked. Some something. Yeah, you were the one. Yeah, yeah crooked. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. They were like, yo, so like we got lost and then crooked was there. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was like yeah. Eddie Haskell to the Beaver on Leave It yeah. to Beaver. He was every Eddie time Haskell. Everyone was like, Yeah, we visited Never in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we ended up, this happened, and Crooked was there. Crooked and then, was and then there. The, 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 the Reverend was like, who is this Crooked motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. figure out why your name Crooked is later on. I was like, yes, 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 yes. That was cute. The, this is the thing about the rhino spot. I know it sounds like, you know, it sounds Debauchery. There was lap dancing going on. No, lap no, no, dancing. No, no. <laughs> there was a lot of chicken wings being eaten. Scene. No, no, but it was like, it was actually like, because everyone, back in the day before social media, right? Mm -hmm. All the DJs got off at the same time at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and we all were kind of still up. Mm -hmm. And there, we, we didn't post videos of our gig. You know what I'm saying? We, mm -hmm. we didn't like, we didn't tweet how dope we did that night. We wanted to meet up and we were still energized. It's like, you know, when you're a performer 
and you've just you got off stage, you want to go to the after party. There's a lot of adrenaline. Right, everybody, you, yeah. we, we're like full of adrenaline yeah. and like, you know, I would be at one club, Neville would be at somewhere else, you know, Five would be somewhere, Stone mm. would be somewhere, Eddie would be somewhere, Graham. We have all these like literally a team of eight or ten DJs and we're like, yo, let's go to Rhino and talk about what happened tonight because there would be like something crazy that happened or we'd be like, yo, this song is is like the biggest song right now or yeah. like this celebrity came in and, and wild out or... And so we would gather at Rhino because it was the only spot open, really, at the time. That and yeah. Peppermill. You know yeah, what I'm Pepper saying? Mill. Sometimes, like the sports book, uh, you yeah. know, Bellagio was a big one after out. Hanging out at the sports book. Yeah, I mean, there were not good wings that cooking. It was, it was they still didn't. Rhino at the end of the day. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> 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 yeah. At the end of the day, that wasn't, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I'm try, she I'm talked to, yeah. about, I know, but she talked about, Evans had already told me about it. So I knew what it was. I I knew what happened that night at the Rhino. I'm trying to make Rhino sound beautiful right now. Oh my god! It wasn't. It wasn't a place for her. It's church. You know, that's the first time. It was our church. It was was our gathering. (laughs) There was a community basket that you guys would give. Oh my god! That was actually the first place I ever DJed at ever in Las Vegas. Really, 1998. Before four years before I moved here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They, the used do, they used to do after hours parties at Bowtown and uh, Gino Lapinto, who is now one of the owners over at Eleven in Miami. They used to partner up, and the strip club would stay active. There would still be girls giving dances, but now you could dance on like the stage, and you know they'd go till God. I don't even know. We went pretty late, but you know, every, and the thing is, everyone knew Never. Even when we went to Rhino, everyone knew Never. When I first moved out here, even till even to this day, yep, to this day, because like. I'll go, we'll go to certain clubs. I'll be like, yo, Nev, like, do you know the dude at the door? He's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So we'll go yeah. to the club and someone be like, yo, Nev, what's good? He knows everybody. Everybody. Even when we, everybody. Had, even when we had the podcast or we had um, the store new, mm-hmm. like people would not come to me to talk about business. They would talk to Nev. Mm-hmm. He was just more approachable. Yeah, he would take pictures with with listeners and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, like so. Even like if I'm in, like I'd be in a club. We be we always stood next to each other. And my favorite thing was we would sit, lay back in a cut. And this is all probably all our favorite thing. Me and Sean, yeah. we love this. We lay back in a cut at a club, and we just talk shit. Mm-hmm. We analyze everything from yep. the lights, mm-hmm. the crowd, the tables, and we're like, you know, like the just the lighting sucks, or like you know, the service is bad, the bartenders, oh, are bad. Bad you know, we break everything down. You're not even mentioning. We're just like, talking to shit. That you, yeah, the yeah. DJs too. And the DJs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the DJs. <laughs> and we're <Right>. over, we're <laughs> over like, analyzing the yeah. DJs. Like, I would have like, done this. Oh, I would have done that. Man, he's letting the song play a little long. Yeah. He must be lost. You <laughs> don't know what to play next. I wouldn't have done that. I would have done. That was interesting. You know, and the best thing is when. We're like talking and then we stop because we heard something so bad and we just stopped talking. We're like, okay, that's what you did. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, someone would say, Yo, what up, crook? What up, never? And then they would talk to him for a minute. Uh-huh. He's listening, you know, he's laughing. And he come to me and they they walk away and he'd be like, Yo, they want to do business with us. And I'm like, Well, why don't they talk to talk to, to me? me? And he's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then but it'd be like that with the podcast, with everything. Like everyone would rather talk to Never than talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then later everyone just says, like, yo, Crook, you're you're just not approachable. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're like yeah. you're just intimidating and Never's just like He's easy going. Easy, easy going. Yeah. And you know, yeah. even I was talking with Sean, right? Mm-hmm. This is a testament to Never. Sean was like, you know, when when we made the announcement that Never passed. And, you know, even with the GoFundMe and then, you know, big shout out to everybody 
who contributed to the GoFundMe. Yes. 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 I just want to tell everyone, I really um, read the comments mm. with the donations that there were people who donated that never even met DJ Never. I want to say because <laughs> I want to say Evan, but yeah. they, um, they even donated from just watching the road podcast. Yeah. You know, some of them said they, they learned from this. And I just want to say thank you so much. I mean, it was a blessing, a real blessing. And if you watch his YouTube, the funeral on YouTube, you know, it was it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And that's thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I could say. Thank you. And me too. Um, it's just a testament to the person he was, yeah. you know. Um, it was just amazing. You know, and we're very grateful. We're grateful for everything. You all, the friendships that we've all cultivated and that'll continue. <clears throat> and um, to everyone who contributed, be it, you know, with money or with kind words, loving thoughts and prayers, um, it was really appreciated yeah. and it means so much to us. Even just sharing their stories. Yeah, and, yeah. And their yeah. stories. Encounters. Yeah, and their it was just amazing. Them, you know? Yeah, and it yeah. was helpful. It helped to heal, you know, yeah. to read um, the stories and yeah. the love and the yeah. shock, you know. And there were some people who were heartbroken as well. Yeah. There's Everybody. a lot of heartbroken yeah. people besides us, you know. I, I just want to thank the DJ and nightlife community Okay. Because yes. I, they really showed the fuck out. Like I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the DJ community come together like this, and and even night nightlife, you know, they come together too. But the DJs, y'all really came together, and y'all really showed everybody really how impactful and important never was. Yeah. And it's funny because Sean even told me he's like, he's like, bro, like. Only never could bring all these people together like that, you know. Like to me, in, in, in our in my perspective, because he was so likable and lovable. Mm-hmm. Only he could bring everyone together like that. Because you remember, Sean, we were like, even if I passed away, Whoa. you passed. Away, like we got too many haters. <laughs> <laughs> like, there'll be a lot of motherfuckers like you know, crooked, no good riddance. That motherfucker's gone. <laughs> Yo, we, we be struggling to hit 10K on the GoFundMe. <laughs> GoFundMe. I'll go for and be like taking days, you know, like weeks. We need like a second, third campaign, a marketing campaign, a promotion campaign to go out for that. These two motherfuckers right here, Eddie and Sean, y'all contributed the most. The most. Yeah. Yep. Sean. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Know, you know, and then I want to I want to talk about Sean's contribution, which was <laughs> it was three thousand three hundred forty five dollars, which is thirty three forty five. Right. Thirty three RPMs, forty five RPMs. Oh, that was, that was yeah. your that was donation. Some shit, oh, man. Yeah, that, yeah. that was yeah. that was sick. And that, this is the beautiful thing about Sean's donation. <laughs> I had to so I have, do Eddie. Fucking guy. Yeah, yeah, tell us what happened. No, I mean, I <laughs> saw what Eddie gave, and I'm like, you what wanted to do better? You, you didn't see what I, I, you waited, my yo, you, you waited to see what I was getting. <laughs> didn't you hold on? <laughs> wait, wait, let me, I, let me, I let me say, yeah. For a minute. So, like, Eddie put down, like, the largest contribution was just, like, 3K. Yeah. 
And then you know Sean's on the, on the cut. He's just low key spot. He's like, he just right. waiting. But but it was also right before we hit the goal, so I was waiting till we got close to the goal. Yeah. Well, but you you said and then you wanted to top Eddie. You that was your yeah. Main thing. yeah I had to. You had to be the biggest dog. <laughs> yeah. But you sent that. You sent the <laughs> screenshot. Couple bottles. Uh, I was I was trying I was trying to like throw it back at you because he you had sent a, in, the, in one of our group chats a, a screenshot of something that Nicole had said like I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it if if it hits four. Forty-five thousand on a fr- on Friday. Right. So yeah. I was literally pushing to stay. Like yeah. like ten o'clock is the new three a.m. for me. So I'm like pushing. I'm like at midnight. I'm gonna contribute the difference to bring it right to forty-five thousand. Right. Uh, yeah. Right at midnight on Friday morning and be like, Hey, Sean. <laughs> Right, right, right here, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right here, I got it. But you know, the forty-five on a Friday, I, that was that was always a beautiful thing. I never Twitch yeah. stream. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was actually yes. what you guys. That was one of the things that uh, you guys did on Twitch. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. that yeah. translated to real life. Well, mm-hmm. It was one of yeah. those things where it was like, oh shit, these guys are playing vinyl forty-five on a Friday. Yeah, shot to John Petty. John Petty saw it. He's like, "Oh, we want, yeah. yo, let's bring that to Gatsby. Let's yeah. bring that to life." But mm-hmm. it was it was on trend with a lot of the things that's happening right now. And yeah. it's one of the reasons why Anderson Pack and you are working together as well. I feel like there was this synergy of the vinyl and the music and everything that led to on the record and the vinyl room. And you you had, well you were doing vinyl since you know, way back with intrigue and everything. But yeah. yeah, at that time, it was just like a great synergy of what was happening at the time. Yeah, no, it was beautiful, man. He, I think he was doing, I think he did a, a few installations of it, a few shows, and then called me and asked me, and it was great. He got me out of the house, you know, uh, for a few hours during the shutdown, and we would kind of, you know, have some drinks, order some food yeah. afterwards, and, uh, you, you know, uh, got to engage with Marion and everybody yeah. in the chat. It was, yeah. it was it was beautiful. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. a lot of fun. We'd have some guests come over. I think, you know, Mel Starr pulled up one day. And yeah. That, and yeah. Mel just posted that video. It's so it's so cool, man. Never was just like, we would been, we had a couple of cocktails in us, but never was like, yo, I can't believe this motherfucker's at my house. He's one of, <laughs> he's one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever do it. And he's playing records on my turntables at my house. <laughs> it was amazing it was amazing yeah, yeah i'm so thankful yeah. for that and and that was it like you know we yeah. had more plans to to do um more stuff like there's a lot of vinyl stuff coming up that we were looking forward to doing yeah and, yeah. and doing some 45 on a friday live type things and uh, even do some more back at his house just as a little reunion yeah. on twitch and stuff you know wow. so that was that was always a lot of fun always a lot of fun yeah i never figured when he came up with the name i was staying with him during the pandemic and he was like what should i do what should we call this? I just want to play 45s. I'm like, well, 45 starts with an F. So what, you know, just put it on a Friday. He's like, 45s on a Friday. I was like, yeah. there you go. And then the two-step two on step Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you have the S on the step. So, you know, put it on, on Sunday. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play all the records that I would hear my mom play yeah. in my early years. And that's why he would play all those stuff on Sunday because it was two-step. And one thing that he loved... And he was he was always telling me, should I play this song? Should I play it? It was uh, R. Kelly, Step in the Name of Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because yes, you guys' yes. mom loved that right, record. That, that's yeah. right. That yeah. was the song. Yeah. So that's where the two-step came because uh-huh. of the, the song and stuff step like in, that. Yeah. Step yes. in the Name of Love. And, uh-huh. and I remember I'm like, well, just put it on a Sunday. He's like, yeah, it would be like church, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it was, I remember him coming up with those names and, and how they stuck and how they just became a thing. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I was always actually jealous when uh, you guys were DJing because you guys had so much fun. So yeah. much fun. And I mean, I just, that's yeah. that's on Twitch. That's off Twitch. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was just. I mean, I never had so much fun playing. I, with I anybody couldn't. I could never have that much fun on Twitch. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, did, yeah. I did not enjoy that process. But I really, I really liked um, the shows you guys had on. Oh my Sunday god. Evening. <laughs> <laughs> the, the battles. The verses. The battles. Oh my god. The battles. Yeah. Those are great. That was. Yeah. So and I would always tell everybody. Do this one against this one and this yeah. one against this one. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Those yeah. were fun. Those were fun. Those were so much good. work. It was a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have fun. I was like, yeah. for me, it was like a production with like that. It was like a TV changing, show. The artwork. It was a, like, mm-hmm. it was a lot of shit. It was just, we were doing it, just trying to keep up with times and stuff. And we were like, at the end, we were like, uh, just too exhausting. But then that's when uh, Never branched out and he did his own Twitch and stuff yeah. like that. I remember he even went, I think it was, uh, he told me to take him to Best Buy. And we met up with Eddie. And oh, he with bought, the laptop? Uh, he, he bought PC. a laptop for like $3,000. And he's like, this better be worth it. <laughs> <It's my Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to get PCs because yeah, you had to get a PC. Better, yeah. uh, better video cards and stuff. Yeah. They were just oh, built yeah, better for the streaming world. Yeah, 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 yeah we, we went, yeah. 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 Oh man! Yeah, that, and that's yeah. when I finally met Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, "Well, who's this guy?" Yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, I was like, and he said to me, "He said he's an old old friend." He did. Yeah. He did tell me that. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. Evans really never talked about, you know. Um, who he was working with or things like that. He always talked about the parties he did, you know. Like I said, he was a quiet storm, you know. Yeah. He, was, he was really like undercover, you know. Only reason I knew when I came out here, I met you because he right. never mentioned you before that, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I knew he had friends, but the friends I knew he had was like from, you know. New York, yeah, yeah. From New York, yeah, 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 yeah. And Edwin so, and everybody, like yeah. yeah. But I Edwin, knew people, yeah. he's attracted, people were attracted to him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Always, like, and, always. and that's the thing, I feel like now, you know, when I think about more and more, I'm always focused on work, mm-hmm. you know, and especially I think more when I came to Vegas, there's so many distractions here in Vegas right. that I just focused on work. Right. Because I saw every, like, so whenever I, even to this day, I was told never, you know, like we we've lived in Vegas for so long, but we don't know how to live in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We only know how to work in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right. True. Meaning like we never really lived in the city and enjoyed right. the city and made it a part of our identity. Right. But I think that's why I always wanted him with me. Right. Because right. when he was with me, like, yeah, we shared the, the workload and the pain. But it was always more fun, right? Yeah, and then always. we and I was always able to laugh at. We could laugh at me and Leva could laugh at anything. Yeah, like really, like you were around. I uh, really some morbid. Dark yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Evans, Evans like to laugh at. Yeah, he was he a had dark humor. Dark he could, humor. Yeah, yeah, he could make his own self laugh. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah like Evans. we would have the worst pain or like worst situation ever, and we and I would walk into situations. I'm like, why are you guys speaking about this type yeah, of shit? Yeah, it's like what's funny. I'm like Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. guys. You say Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Lord Jesus. <laughs> It's it's funny because uh, even even during the hospital when we were going through the hospital thing, uh, and it was so draining. Yes, it was. And I and and you know, Sean, you were driving from L.A. Yeah. And you would he would come in and every week stay for a couple of days, and and you know we'd be in the hospital and we'd be hoping and praying that we get some good news and whatnot. And I think one day we were so drained, we were like, yo, like I was like, Sean. 
you know, let's go for like let's go to the steam room and let's let's try to relax. And okay. you know, we went to the steam room and Ooh. we were like, should we? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real intimate right now. <laughs> Yo. And then so like we're going to steam room and we're sitting in the steam room and we're like, well, let's get some like, you know, let's get some beers or let's get some. In the some, steam yeah, room? Yeah. So we're That's like, very proper. And then the whole time we're like, Neville would want us to do this. Yes. You know? like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that sound out of the ordinary. Yeah. yeah. yeah he would have liked that. But yeah. for me, Neville to me is also that guy that's like, he, he always uh, like. If I ever wanted to indulge in anything, yeah, he was your support. He was always down. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was always down to have fun and indulge. So if I was yeah. like, if I hit him up at one a.m. and I was like, "Yo, like, you want to go out? Let's go out," oh. you know, and he's just like, "Fuck it, fuck it." Yeah, that was a key word. That was him. That 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 and the other yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, or, or he'd hit me up at four a.m. and be like, "Yo." <laughs> Want to get some burgers? Like, yeah, yeah. That's too. When, and I'd be yes. like, "Fuck it, let's go." Yeah, you know, yeah, when I was yeah. when I was staying with him, he would wake up randomly and he'd yes. be like, "Yo, Fuku burger." I'm like, yeah. "Sure, let's go." Yeah, but he would like just always, always wanted to do something fun, and it was never like he never took it too serious. He never took it too. Right. It was always like, "Yo, you down for this? Yo, I really want some boiling crab." And we'll go get the boiling crap. Fuck it. And we'll end up at the boiling crap. But he was always down. He never not like never let you down to be alone. Like he always went through everything with you. He always stand by your side. Now it's the now it's like, you know, that's that's the the, the moniker right now. That's the model. Where we say like Never would want us to do. Never this. would want. Yeah. This. We just, we would just, we were just with Alex, our editor, and he, we, we were just like, "Yo, should we get Chengdu? Like, should we like, eat?" And we're like, I said, "Never would want, want us to get." Yeah, yeah, that's why I called you. <laughs> asked you, was we going to eat? Yeah, never would have wanted. Well, yeah, to eat. that's right. <laughs> I'm telling you, all our listeners out there, if y'all want to, you know, what I'm saying, if y'all, if want you're the, requesting something, <laughs> you need a little push in life. <laughs> y'all want like an extra shot or something? Just put it up in the air and be like, "Yo, never would want you to do it." If he was there, he would do that shot with. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time. There's one thing that actually that we need to address mm-hmm. that you know that Sean actually was what brought up to me is that never like you know I, I, like I said he inspired us he was one of the first DJs to like buy his own home that we saw and it inspired all of us but you know he he was actually breaking a lot of ground because he infiltrated this predominantly white world of like bougie like bottle service you know, high-end hospitality mm-hmm. at the time. And especially in the 2000s, there was this trend of just like, you know, just DJs like Mark Ronson and like AM and all of these very talented like white DJs like like dominating the scene mm-hmm. from New York, LA, and, and, and everywhere. But, you know, Sean, like, you know, tell us more about what you were talking about. When you guys started at Jet, I think you said it was you, Stretch, it was you stretching. Yeah, I think Stretch never. was doing Tuesdays, Never was doing Fridays, I was doing Saturdays. Okay, uh, so that's like yeah, a perfect okay. example right there. It was two white guys, Never. Um, but yeah, like he was the guy that Mark would call to cover for him the Hamptons. And yeah. I'm like, Mark was like this poster boy, you know, Tommy Hilfiger model doing the hottest parties in New York in the late 90s and early 2000s. And for him to have never cover is just like, that just speaks volumes about the kind of DJ he was and the kind of person he was. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I ever really appreciated uh, while he was here how difficult it must have been for him 
to accomplish everything that he did or to even just have the balls and the courage to come out here when he was offered those opportunities because he could have easily stayed back in New York and, you know, just continued that hustle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, um, you know, there's, you know, there's other guys like, you, you know, from similar backgrounds, you know, you have Funk Flex, you know, you have Kid Capri's and, you know, those guys have blown up, but you could also argue that, like, they weren't able to cut into the same bougie bottle spots that St. Never did because, you know, the owners were afraid that they'd bring an urban crowd or whatever. He kept this low profile and just was so versatile right. that it didn't matter. Right. Well, that was it just, one of the, it that, didn't matter. That was one of the most interesting things about Never is that mm -hmm. his, his catalog of music was was very vast from soup to nuts from soup to nuts <clears throat> and so the and then we've had conversations about this is that he was so in love with not only r&b soul funk but he was on top of all the 80s new wave yeah the rock and roll yep and that's really what set him apart was that he was able to like play for white people yeah and but also inject all this soul and hip hop right. and edge and just know like the perfect you know, even to this day, Jamie, when we when we see him rock up, rock the sets, mm -hmm. he Jamie even tells me to this day, yeah, twenty twenty three, he's like, no one could rock a white room like never. Yeah, he knew like how, he knew exactly what the white folks wanted, yeah. <laughs> and I was sit even now. I sucked at that. I I really struggled with that at a point, and I would just sit there. So I would like DJ from seven to eleven, and he was from ten to two, but we were right next door to each other. So I would go and sit right behind him, and I'd be like. Oh, he's playing this Justin Timberlake song. Oh, he's playing this. Oh, he's playing that. And then I'll be like, yo, can you send me those records? He's like, yeah, of course. Vice versa. He would like text me and be like, yo, what's the new hottest Mexican song or whatever. Yeah, right. And then I'll do the same thing. But I was always had to like sit behind him and just take notes. And then he, it would always like struck me when I would play a record. And then he's like, yo, remember what a party at by Jagged Edge? I said, I was like, yeah, I drop it all the time. He's like, because I heard you play it, now I'm playing it and it's working. And that was a proud moment because I'm like, oh, he's getting something from me back. Right. But I was, the white sets were just impeccable. And I wish I knew his <laughs> <Yeah>. folder <laughs> because it, it was just a, like 90% of white people and there's this black dude just making them all dance for four or five hours. I'm like, dude, you got him in the palm of your hand. Like, I don't know how many years it took you to master this. But I remember Cricket telling me, he's like, you want to learn how to rock a white crowd? Go see Never. And I yeah. was like, yeah. Never. I mean, when he started out, he was rocking the white crowd in New York City at mm -hmm. times, yeah. too. You know? So I think with him, because he was so versatile and he was so, he was so such a gentle person mm -hmm. that um, he was able to, I wouldn't say penetrate, but to be around everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Lord but it was, like, it was just effortless. Because yeah, yeah, honestly, effortless. like honestly, yeah. these people, he was just so laid back and cool. Yeah, yeah. It was just like he just slow he was just invited. Yeah, yeah. And he was just part of like, yo, like, yo, never come back, come back, you know? And he was just easy to work with. Mm -hmm. He was an easygoing guy. Easy. I, I, yeah. I give easy. my mother credit for that because she raised us to love everybody. Yeah. To love all music. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we didn't just listen to R&B and soul. She loved Broadway, Broadway. music, operas. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. she opened up a door for us, you know, to that we can be around anyone and anybody and we don't feel 
lesser or better or, you know, it's just a love for everyone, you right. know. And I think Evans had that more because he was around all of us women, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's kind of like. All ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was kind of like the, the baby, you know. He's the and, baby, and yeah. Yeah, he was the baby, but, yeah, he was a gentle guy. Gentle. No, and I will say, like, <clears throat> never really knew how to play for ladies. Mm, so I remember at his um his his lime green part, his lime yellow party yeah. at light. Uh, all of us female DJs, we all rolled as a crew, so we were all hanging out. And when Neva went on, he was just playing like back to back, like a two thousands like lady set. Mm-hmm. And we all looked at each other. And we're like, oh, he's playing for the women right now. Mm-hmm. Like he really knew how to play. He just for knew women. how to read a room too. Yeah. Just like yeah, literally 20, 30 years of just like learning to read a room. Yeah. And then not only that, I feel like you know, like he he never like put a limit on what was good music or bad music. Right, right. That was the greatest shit. Oh, yeah, that was great. Because, like, we would be listening to, like, House and be like, oh, I know that shit. And he's like, yeah, you're like, you know, and, and even w- when you would work with him, like, he was, like, kind of the hip-hop DJ and you were, like, the house DJ at the time, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, we definitely fed off of each other and, and yeah. learned off of each other. Like, when he had to go do it, I forget, uh, I was running... Um, a record store on the east side, East Third, uh, Beyond Bass. He hit me. He's like, "Yo, I need some, uh, I need some hot house records right now." And he came to Beyond Bass. You know, um, I loaded him up with the Armand Van Helden. He's mentioned all this on the pod. Mojo, yeah. Lady, Music Sounds Better with You, Kings of Tomorrow. Finally, all this stuff. And they were all like big Hamptons. Like he would hear me playing, playing in the Hamptons, right. and he would use them for his club gl- uh, gigs when he would go back to Manhattan, and vice versa. I learned so much about. You know, weaving in and out of different genres, having it all make sense and not being afraid. Like, I I never heard, like, Back in Black at a, in a club setting or anything like that or Sweet Home Alabama and all that stuff. Yeah. And, that, and that was, yeah. this is ni- the 90s. 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it carried through. It was because of everything I learned from him that made sense in Vegas. Because when we moved to Vegas, we were very deep into that mashup world that mashup era of music you know everything I mean, was they a, labeled it mashup it was it, yeah, yeah but it yeah. was it was honestly just new york style of djing yeah, in yeah Vegas. i mean stretch was stretch was you know big on on that sound he was right. doing a lot of that stuff and mm-hmm. you know i know never was influenced by him and as well and stuff like that but i learned so much and i wouldn't i wouldn't have gotten i wouldn't have landed that gig if i didn't use the pointers of watching never dj all those years in the hamptons i wouldn't have had the tools to know what they were looking for oh yeah you're playing house but what else you do i'm like oh okay well we're gonna do this then it's like okay we need you out here you want to move and i moved out two weeks later and then he was he wasn't far behind but that but that's the that's the really the most important thing because even even in the late 90s and 2000s and like sean i don't know if you remember this but like i remember there was like kicker pre was like one of the first hip-hop djs Mm -hmm. at that time of what i knew that played, I think he played Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit at a set. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, holy shit. I didn't know you could play rock music at a fucking a hip-hop party. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then I would, I heard like never later on, I'm like, yo, he's playing Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. He's playing every. He playing the cars. Mm-hmm. He's playing Depeche Mode. He's doing Fucking everything. Go, get go-go's and go-go's. Everything. Yeah. Go-go's. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then you know he's navigating CDs with vinyl and and like and I was just like yo this is fucking nuts and like yo this like fuck like like don't disrespect the Kid Capri but I was like he's just playing one rock record and we were like amazed over that shit mm-hmm. and never was doing that probably years yeah. before that mm-hmm. before I heard him I think it was just crazy how he was able to just always adapt too and just mm-hmm. stay versatile and adapt. Even with Serato, he was very open to it. 
And when a lot of DJs in his generation were like, now nah, I'm going to stick with vinyl. Right, he was right, just like, right. when I remember I was just like, yo, get this laptop, get, and he was open to it. I, yeah. I don't know if you guys got Serato around the same time. I was a little, I was, yeah, I start my first time on Serato, I was still at Foundation Room, so I was on like, it had to be 2004, I want to say, it was pretty, pretty early. Yeah, yeah. Pretty early, and I would, but I would always have, <clears throat> I would still bring records out. I mean, Usher was still pot, like a, a big, big one, but it was still yeah, around then. Sure. So sure. I would have a CD. We all, I think we all did it. That backup CD. If your shit crashed, you got a bomb like ready to go on the CD player. Yeah, so yeah. it would be like Usher, and you know, I just want to love you, Jay Z, or mm -hmm. something like that at the time, whatever it was, and you know, as your uh, as your backup plan. But yeah, I mean, we were pretty early with it. All yeah, of us, I even think, to uh, even to this know. day, and I've said it multiple times on the podcast that I think never just continuously got better and better and I think he could still hold the room down every time when a lot of DJs his age they, they're they semi-phased out mm -hmm. a lot of them can't hold down a high energy <coughs> club room right. the way he can till with like, East too. even still to, to his to his last day of, major accomplishment you know what I'm saying yeah. of fucking okay. DJing he was holding down cause he prepped for room. all of his gigs I mean for hours yeah, yeah. Before, Even when he came to New York. before he, yeah. you know, went to his gig and he would sit in the office and just, you know, pull out music and look at this and look at that. And then sometimes he would get on his turntables just to hear how things sounded and everything else. So it was a, truly a craft to him that he, you know, spent a lot of time at. It was something he cared about a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even when he came to see me in New York, he... um he would have all his his whatever to, with the laptop or whatever, and he'd go into the basement and be like, "I gotta listen to my, you know, listen to this. I gotta listen to this. You know, I gotta get this set right." So he was always working, even yeah. even when he was supposed to be on vacation, he'd take that time out just to do his music. I'll give you my favorite story from him. It's like you were saying how he was our good luck charm. Um, I just felt like any time I hit him up to go out in New York, it was just going to be the illest night. <laughs> because, like you said, all the security knew him. But like, even, This is when he would like fly back from Vegas and visit you in New York, right? Yeah. Or if I had already moved out, we would both like time it so we'd be back for the holidays or whatever. But this is when I still lived there. So... Um, but like you said, all the security knew him, the club owners... You name it, right? They wouldn't be giving me the time of day. So, <laughs> but um, I got when the uh, so it was Prince's last concert at the Garden. This was like 2011, I think. Mm. And um, but I got when that he was gonna do like uh, some of you guys know this story already. I got when that he was gonna do like this private show at the Derby after the Garden and the Derby. I'm sure most of you guys know it was the old Nels on 14th Street. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. like a tiny, tiny yeah, ass tiny little place. hole in the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, which is where you want to see Prince. Like, yeah. yeah, intimate. Yeah, exactly. It's like 200 people or whatever. So I hit up Neva. I'm like, yo, because I just know like somehow we're going to freak it. So I was like, yo, Neva, let's just pull up. Like, fuck it. Like, I, like if we don't get in, we don't get in, whatever. So we get down there, it must have been like 11, like pretty early. And it's just like a mob scene outside. So I'm like looking at him, I'm just like, yo, just think we gotta like go to this dive bar just mm -hmm. <laughs> around the corner and just call it quits. And just as I'm like telling him this, this 
like security guard. Now, whether it was an OG security guard or just like they thought never was somebody he's he wasn't like Russell Simmons or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they pointed it. They pointed to never. And they're like, yo, how long you been waiting out here for? Yeah. And Neva's like, we got this look on his face. Like, <laughs> it's like, yo, just like five, ten minutes. And the guy like parts the seas. And it's like all like, you know, beautiful women just like dying to get in there. And he just like whistles past the ropes. And we get inside and I get to the bar with Neva. And it's packed in there. I'm like, all right, what are we drinking? Like, I got this drink. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck was that outside? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know how many spots he got into because they thought he was Russell Simmons? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. But I was like, maybe it was, maybe he knew him from back in the day. I don't know. But I, this security guy looked kind of young from what yeah, I remember. Yeah. So I'm like, no, no, like we used to call him Young Russell. Yeah. yeah. Young I, did, Russell. I remember there was a time, the because the, we always, DJs, we always befriend the, the security guys, right? The security uh -huh. guys always love us. But he was in the Hamptons. And he was with like the crew of security because we always just hung out. Right. So imagine never with like four, like six foot five, like motherfuckers dressed in all black. Yeah. And they're just hanging out. And there's this this party in the Hamptons they can't get in. And obviously just the image of never with four security guys. <laughs> they, the guy just instantly opens the rope. He's like, come on. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, Russell, Russell, yeah. come on. <laughs> And then the security dudes were like, oh, okay, let's just play along. And they were like parting the ways. Yeah. And then Neville was just like, yo, thanks. And you know, he's putting his hat a little lower. And you know, they were walking in. And they just stood around him. And everyone the whole night just thought it was Russell Simmons. Oh, God, and I don't even see him looking like Russell Simmons. They just saw like a light-skinned brother over yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. With a ball head. In New York, yeah. Wearing like Ralph Lauren shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, like yes, the fat farm style. That, yeah. like, said, Why is that yeah. guy sitting in a yoga yeah. pose? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yo, like, there's, like, there was so many stories when like Neva were first moved to Vegas. And he would just come visit us in New York. And we would just wild, he would just wild the fuck out in New York. And we had like all these memories, right? Oh, man, the best. Like, there's no one else I wanted to go out with. He was, he was always my plus one at like any like dope event that I knew would was going down. I was like, I got to invite him. Like another memory I had uh, was, do you remember these birthday parties Cassidy would throw? Yeah, were huge. Yeah, DJ Cassidy. In the, so two, he, in the 2000s, when he was at his highest peak era, yeah. there was a DJ uh, Cassidy and he would have these star-studded birthday parties like Belba DeVoe would perform or yeah, yeah. some weird shit so right? this one was like 2009 I think and he rented out the Midtown Public Library crazy. which is crazy wow, wow. Yeah. but I remember the lineup was like Rakim Bobby Brown Flex was DJing just like Heavy D was there Jay-Z not like and I was like yo I have a plus one there's only one person I'm taking yeah, right, right. there's only one. Like I can't think about it. Like I love y'all, but I'm not taking because <laughs> never was the culture. Right, I knew right, that right. like no one would appreciate yes. it more. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And man, do we have we had a little too much fun. Oh <laughs> yeah, because we got in and it was like a Belvedere open bar. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a wrap after that. Yeah. Mm -mm. 
I haven't heard a Belvedere open. Oh, I know, in like so long. Belvedere. <laughs> you know, it was like 2007. Is it gold well, this was, two th- this was 2009. They had, to, here, they had to pay for the talent somehow. Yeah. 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 That's like <laughs> fucking Belvedere when Belvedere was popping. Yeah. 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 This is pre Sarai. Yeah. It was great. Gray Goose yeah. and Belvedere. Yeah, yeah. Gray Goose and Belvedere. Belvedere. Yeah. Belvedere. Yeah. Either one. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy this 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 tie that never has between New York and Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the Bronx and Las Vegas. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we had uh, the funeral services in, in New York. And, uh, you know, me and Eddie, when we we were talking about, you know, the, the New York funeral services, I remember actually like the funeral services that you originally were going to have were, was going to be on a Friday. And then it was, and I was like, and I, you know, at first I was like, oh, okay, so we won't be able to make it because we all have to work. And I was like, you know, we'll, we'll just double down. We'll do a Las Vegas service. And then thankfully y'all changed it to Monday. So like, cause you know, every, every DJ in the world is working on a Friday yeah. and then, you know, for us to fly to New York, it would have been hard, but I know there was like rain scheduled uh, yeah. on, on the Monday. <clears throat> yeah. And then, uh, so, but then I was just like, man, I don't want the rain, you know, to mess up the funeral. So, but I was like, you know, we'll double down on this Vegas memorial and that, that'll be our way of saying goodbye. But I remember, I think I, I just couldn't live with myself. I, I was like at home and I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like, you know, I didn't want to like interrupt what your family wanted to do, you know? So, but I think I, you know, and I, I, I appreciate you guys changing the date mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to Monday so we could all come through. And, um, and you know, and luckily it was like, one of the most beautiful, beautiful days. days. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah, such a beautiful. beautiful. And, and I really felt like his presence yeah. that day, especially when we went to the burial. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just was. I felt like it was such a blessing to be there, and it was the and you know it was just such a it was the sun was just shining right on that hill that yes, he was on. Yes, yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget it. And the feeling I had, uh, I, I can't even explain that feeling. It yeah. was. It was. It was holy. It was. I, I don't spiritual. I don't know how to explain it. It was spiritual. It was spiritual. It was spiritual. But mm-hmm. I, I I really I'm so thankful that you guys flew out to Vegas for this memorial that we're gonna have, you know, this week. And I think it's like I you know, I, I, I feel like uh I don't know if you've really seen what the impact that never had in Vegas is. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I really want you guys to see no. I want you to see it tomorrow. Yeah. And um and, and and also we're we're gonna have like this kind of like live interview podcast. We're gonna ask everyone that shows up, uh, you know, a couple of questions. And uh, one of the questions that I that I thought was, I was thinking about this the whole time, you know, like I want people to share stories. Like, what's your favorite moment with Neva? And, and then I thought there was this one important one. I was like, if you could talk to Neva right now, what would you tell Neva right now? And. I, I kind of, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to be at that event and be interviewed, but I, I'm kind of curious if we, you know, if you could say something to Never right now, what would you tell him? I love you. Hmm. I miss you. I miss your laughter. I want you back. <laughs> Let you know. He's not going to come back. Didn't want him to go. Um, to your point that, you know, he was really kind of quiet and reserved, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just say I wish 
for me that he had said something sooner, mm. you know, rather than later, you know, maybe it would be different. I'm like, for me, it was just like, um, I would just say, I wish you had said something sooner, you know, um, when you were poo-pooing it, thinking it was a flu or something else. Right. Um, and, you know, as Scene says, you know, it was complete shock. You know, I wish he was still here. Um, and that we would just, you know, laugh about him being in the hospital and how he sucked up so much of everybody's time. <laughs> Every day being there, yeah. you know, and just to get on him about that and just to hear him, you know, um, get after me one more time. Like he would, you know, if we were riding in the car and listening to music, like I like, you know, to some artists do reprises of songs. And he would always say, you couldn't afford the rest of the song from iTunes, you know, something like that. You know, you hear a minute of the snippet of the song. He's like, what, you couldn't afford the rest of the song? <laughs> you know, so for me, you know, you know, I'll miss that. Like, I just wish he was still here. Like, like you guys said, he and I would go to restaurants and it didn't matter where we went, somebody would know him. You know, they'd come to the table and they'd, I'm like, we're in Lotus of Siam, you know, and somebody random was like, oh, what's up, blah, 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 you know, so. And he started getting more famous because of the podcast, yeah. too. He was yeah. Me, <laughs> yeah. Are you never from Road, road Podcast? Yeah. 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 He loved that. He loved that. Yeah. <laughs> he loved that. yeah. He said and, he didn't, but he did. But he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. And just, you know, all the all the things and times and funny things things we've lived with him you know are always going to be held in my heart but I just wish he'd said something sooner and I wish he was still here you know but but also Marion I hope that doesn't just weigh weigh on you and 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 hold you down you know what I mean because I feel like you know I just don't want that to wait on you you know I, what I mean I know it's hard but for me, it's just really, it's just really hard. And um, I know. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's to me, he was also very stubborn. Yeah. Yes, some, he was. Yeah. And to a fault. And you know, that's one of the things when I was in the hospital, I I loved him so much, and uh, you know, I was mad at him. You yeah. know, I was mad at him. And it's hard because yeah. you know it's like, why you, why'd you do this to yourself? Yeah. Why you did this? Why you have why you have me here right here like this right now? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and you know, I love you, and I'm gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. There's no fucking question about that. Why you did this? You yeah. know, why are you making it hard? Why do we have to do this the hard way? Because he was stubborn. Yeah. You know, really stubborn, but you know. I think for me, I'm just going to always hold and I think about every day, you know, all the fun times we've all had with him. And I know Mm. to Sean's, you know, point, he was always my plus one, too. (laughs) You know, I always like I went to when I worked at the Met Museum, I had an opportunity to go to the Met Gala 
and you know he he was my plus one and it was him with the tuxedo and getting cufflinks and it was so much traffic on fifth avenue um we had to jump out he didn't want to be late he was like we're just gonna jump out the cab and walk down fifth avenue i'm like i'm not walking down fifth avenue um we'll just get there when we get there and it, it was the one with um when they had it was the costume institute ode to um rock and roll so they had like Prince's outfit, Michael Jackson's outfit. And it's funny because we were hanging out with Russell Simmons and Kamora <laughs> Lee. Oh my God. Because they were there. Yeah. He never said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he was always my plus one too, too. If if I had something that fell into my lap on a hum or something, he was my plus one. Yeah. yeah. And the Met Gala, he was just so excited about and that was a long time ago but yeah yeah nicole i feel you on the whole mad at you <laughs> yeah yeah um but we had a lot of conversations august i i think back to when i was at the house in august when we went to the hip-hop concert in august where he was just like you want to go and i'm like I was just coming over to visit you and mommy, but you know, if you're gonna pay for it, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Let's go. That was the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. of the stadium. Yeah, that was random. his last concert. Yeah, very yeah. random. Yeah, and we were actually he supposed loved that. to go. He loved that. We were originally supposed to go to a barbecue somewhere on the Grand Concourse to mm. celebrate the 50 years of hip hop. That was free. Mm. And then he's like, "But you know, Yankee Stadium has that concert," and I'm like, um, "I was going to the free barbecue." And he's like, "You want to go?" And I'm like. Okay. He um, even wanted me to go. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, but he was he was he was that person. He was he was my cheerleader. He was my, you know, my safety net. Um and yes, I'm still shattered. Yeah. But yeah. I could hear him say, Nicole, don't be sad, don't be crying. Go eat something, you know, <laughs> go shopping, buy something, you know, live life. And um, and he was going to live his life, and he lived his life. Yeah. And he would want us to do the same, but I could just tell him, I, I already know, he would be like, stop crying, you know, it's all good, you know. So I'm, I'm literally always saying, like, I know, it's all good, mm. it's all good. Eddie, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Neva's omnipresent in my thoughts, you know? I mean, it's, it's hard to even come to grips with it, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, to, to your point with, with, you know, you know, why did it have to get to this? You know, he never wanted to impose. He, he never wanted to mm-hmm. be in an imposition. And the thing is, what he never realized, it was, he could never be. He could never, right. he could he could never, never impose. Be, yeah. The, the man was just the most mild-mannered, genuine, beautiful guy. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, we were just even with, like, some work shit. You know, we were going through some accounting stuff with somebody that used to work for the, con- the company. <laughs> and, um, and he told me how much money he was owed. I'm like, never. 
What? He's like, I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, never. You yeah. earn the money. I don't want this money in our account. I said, never. You have to pick up the phone. And plus, it's me. I'm a bro. Pick up the phone. Like, don't even think about it. You know, but he never wanted to be that guy, but he never was. And I, and I don't think he realized it. Like, dude, we, we will bend over backwards for you. The people that were here in the rough times while you were in the hospital, we were always here for you. Yeah. And we're always, you know, always open line of communications. And yeah, I'm, I'm regretful that it, it had gotten to this. But, yeah. you know, but I'm so thankful for uh, getting to experience his energy and his friendship. And uh, and I would just say, Nevi, 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 I miss you. And uh, and thank you for, for so much. So, and love you. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I what, what I could say to him. I mean, if you could, if you you know, he's listening. If you could talk to him, if you could say something to him right now, you know. I, f- I went. I found an old phone of mine, and I was going through it last night, and I sent him a text in 2018. I think it was just a shitty year for me, and I was coming because I was living in California. And I was coming to hustle gigs for you. You were just getting me, you know, some random ones. But I just sent him this text like, yo, happy New Year's. Uh, Just wanted to say thank you so much for giving me a place to stay this year when I came to hustle gigs. It's really true what they say. Hard times will always reveal true friends. And he was that guy. Like he was just always there. Um, and then he just he replied stop getting soft on me (laughs) 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 so I'm sure he's saying that right now yeah yeah but I know I will never meet anyone like him again he was that special yeah that's it uh, Jamie, fuck. <laughs> um, well, you know, thank you um, for everything. From texting Eddie that I need to work out here, just housing me when I needed somewhere to stay. Yeah, I mean, I, let me just say, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Neva has helped so many yeah. CJs, so many people. Yeah. And I'm, then he's never asked for shit. He's never been like, never. yo. Like, remember, I did this shit for you. Like, you he never held it over out, your head. He's looked out for me. He's looked out for everyone in this fucking room. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's me done out of jail. it. And he yeah. and <laughs> others. I read on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Another one of those texts I found. He was like, "I feel like I'm running a halfway house over here." <laughs> <laughs> this is his time. You stayed at his house. Everybody. Everyone stayed, stayed at his house at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and even on Instagram, I don't know who some people were saying thank you for letting me stay with nope. you. I yeah. was like, uh, oh man, he, 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 he <laughs> real. Yeah, I read all the Instagrams and people like he had a big heart. He always yeah, looked yeah, out. A lot of people. He, he always looked out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's funny because I found the text message when he texted me. He's like, hey, I text my boy Eddie Mac. They're opening up a burger spot, and you're gonna be the DJ. And then a Cricket, black tap, yeah, black tap, and Cricket goes, "Oh, he's gonna be DJing in Burger Heaven," <laughs> and then you guys just started cracking on me and stuff like that. And I was just so happy to be DJing at a burger spot, <laughs> even though it was not a, like a high end nightclub. But to me, it was work. It was in the pay the bills, and and 
I, I'll never forget that. And even when I needed a place to stay or just somebody there, like if I run into some type of problem, like he had my back, like he had, like every time, mm-hmm. like if I need, if if I run into a problem at a club or I run into a cl- even DJ or just a life problem, he was always there. He will always answer the phone. Um, sometimes I woke him up and he'll be upset, but nonetheless, like he was always there and, and it's 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 difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was my day to day, you know. And we would DJ in a lot of the same venues and a lot of the same places and sometimes next to each other. And when he was tired and he was over the night, he'd be like, Let's go home and we would just head home and we lived two blocks away from each other, so it was just—it's been—it's been difficult. But it just, um, even today, my routine was to always pick him up before recording. Yeah, and I take the same route to pick him up. It sucks that it happened the way it happened. It happened so quick, and I really, really just fucking miss my best friend. And it's funny because. Piggyback off of what Sean said, I think he posted something in the last couple of weeks, and he called him the Jackie Robinson of DJing or something along those lines. Yeah, and it just everything. And going back to Marty Rock's uh, speech at the funeral, he just broke down barriers for everybody. So I mean, if you're not from the nightlife, you know that uh, before never, uh, a lot of DJs downtown Manhattan didn't look like us. They wasn't Puerto Rican. They wasn't black. They wasn't from the Bronx. Um, but never, never changed that. Uh, never was one of the first uh, minority DJs booked downtown Manhattan at the fashion parties. If I'm trying to hold it together. Uh, so I looked at him and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, I just wanted to thank you, bro, for uh, uh, giving people like me a platform, bro. Um, because of people like you, I'm able to do what I do for a living and support my family. So, uh, like we say in the Bronx, I was able to give him his flowers when he was alive. He was the cowboy that went over the hill first, and yeah. and he 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 helped everybody get put on, and it was just the genuineness, humans. Yeah, he, I mean, he made it. He made it. He made every minority feel like we could we could make it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of minority DJs, we were like, "Yo, are we gonna make it?" And yeah, like, yo, and he made it, and we're like, "Yo, you like a minor? You a?" A black DJ in Vegas. Yeah, and he's high in nightclubs. It's just like, it was unheard of. It was like the people's champ. Like, oh, he did it, anybody could do it. And it was just like, Sean's just been saying these things where I'm like, man, it just goes over people's heads of what he's done. Yeah. Even like being part of this podcast, the little gems that he would drop here and there, the funny moments. And it's funny because the... We, I, 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 after he passed, I sat back and I was like, man, his, my whole friendship with him is documented, which is amazing and it's beautiful. Right. But the foundation of this podcast starts with never coming to Vegas and doing what he did and then going to Cricket and going to Eddie and going to Sean and going to me. It's just, it all started with him. Like he was the one that knocked the doors down and it helped us all. And and it just sucks that we'll never, he would tell me, am I going to be DJ until I'm 60, 70? And I would be like, y'all take care of you once <laughs> you don't want to DJ no more. But it was just that thing where it's just like, that was 
he was just always looking out. He never stopped caring. He never stopped loving. He was just, he was just an angel walking around amongst us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And he, he'll take his shirt off his back and give it to you. He'll, his last meal he'll share with you and everything. He never held back. I don't know about that last meal. Now. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He shared chicken wings with me quite often, but <laughs> he probably didn't want to though. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. All in all, I just want to say thank you for everything. I love you. I miss you. Yeah. You're forever my best friend. And, uh, you know, I hope you got the party rocking once we get there. Yeah. That's it. Word up. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Cricket? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things I would tell him. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I think there was a there was a rough spot with me and Eva mm-hmm. for a couple years. Um and I think, you know, all good friends who have known each other for decades yep. go through go it. Go through it, yeah. And, you know, family members go through it. And, you know, I would say I'm sorry that we went through that, but I think it was important that we went through that. And I want to tell him I'm glad we got through it. And I'm glad, you know, we actually got through it because he came through to help me at, my, at one of my lowest times despite the fact that we weren't really tight like we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were always tight, but we just weren't talking. And I want to tell him, you know, I'm sorry that we had to go through that, but it did bring us closer together. And it made me realize that, you know, no matter what, I cannot stop loving you. Like, it is vital for my existence on this earth to have you with me. I can't imagine a life without you. So it's important that no matter what happened between us or what will happen in the future or whatever, that I maintain the fact that I love you and I will not stop loving you. And so what I would tell him, and this was my last words to him when we left the hospital, when you guys called me that Sunday and said he passed away, my last words to him when I left was, I'm going to make you proud. And they're going to know who you are. And they're not never going to forget who you are. And I told you that. And that's what I'm telling you now. That we're going to keep this going. People have been asking me, are we going to stop the podcast? We're not going to stop the podcast. Fuck no. Um, we're going to do it for as long as uh, you know we can do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like he says, you know, we just warming up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just warming up. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's just one of those things that you know, everyone in this room, I feel like we're gonna continue to honor you, to celebrate your life. That's right. And you know, uh, I had this really important conversation with my brother-in-law, my sister's husband. Uh. On my birthday, it was like, you know, during, it was, my birthday happened, uh, it was, he was in the hospital, and, uh, and it's like, and me and Neva always had this thing where we had bad shit happen around our birthday, so he would, like, not look forward to his birthday, and I would, like, not look forward to my birthday, because, like, some shit always happened, but I had an important conversation with my brother-in-law, and I kept looking at it as a loss, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to live without him, and my brother-in-law texted me and basically said 
you know, I don't think you should see it as a loss. I, I think you should see him that he's always with you now. And you should continue to talk with him and speak with him and, you know, and, uh, and have him in your life that he's always surrounded. And ever since he, and, and I was so grateful that he told me that because it completely changed my perspective on everything. Because I was in a place where like, well, how could we have a podcast without him? How could I do this without him? How could I do any of these things without him? And then now I just said, well, he's always with me. And then I started like, you know, when it was a beautiful day and, and the sun was shining and, and I would feel the sun beaming on my face, I'd be like, you know, I was like, that's, it just reminded me that Neva's watching me or Neva's around me. And then, you know, even I was telling Jamie I would be DJing, you know, everyone was calling me like, you know, when he, the week he passed, they're like, yo, you sure you're going to be able to DJ? Are you sure you'll be able to DJ? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And like, I'm literally DJing and I'm talking to myself and I'm, but I'm talking to him. Mm-hmm. I look crazy probably when I was doing it, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, when I'm spinning and I'm like, yo, I'm like, you know, the crowd's going wild and they, they wilding out. I'm like, yo, Nev, we got him. Yeah. We got him, yeah. Nev. Yeah. And, I'm, yeah, and I'm literally yeah, spinning. Yeah. I'm like, yo, Nev, we got them motherfuckers. Yeah, we got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, yeah. and uh, I feel like he's with me. And uh, and that's and that's why I said like I'm just gonna continue to make you proud because you're here, and I'm gonna move. You know I'm I'm moving differently. I'm looking at things differently now, and I'm moving for us. I'm moving so that when you when you're watching us, you're gonna be like, yo, that's how I want my boys to move. That's how I want them to do. So I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna fulfill that promise to the day. You know, to the day I die, and then I can rejoin with you, and I see you again. Amen. Yeah. Marion, Seen, Nicole, uh, thank you so much for doing this. I know this isn't easy. I'm, I'm just so grateful. And I think you know, it, for the time that we spent together, for the time that you have taken to, to, to speak with us and share Neva's life, from his childhood to, to now. Thank you so much for coming here. Sean, Eddie, thank you guys for coming through. And, you know, Jamie, Nudia, Alex, we're going to keep the shit going. Yep. And, you know, Eddie, Sean, with your help, we're going to keep the shit going. Yeah. Say no more. Of course. And, um, Neville, you're always going to be with us. I'm always going to intro you on every episode. Yep. And until we see you next, mm-hmm. right? That's it. All right, y'all. Peace. 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 Thanks for tuning into The Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.